Hello, and welcome to the Butts in the Seats podcast, where we take a look at the politics and the bullshit seen on screen during the downfall of WCW, or as Emily knows it, the prologue to the invasion. Oh. I am your host, Nick Aiello. Along with me, I have Emily Schultz. Hello. Emily, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I've got a glass of wine. I'm ready to talk about WCW. You excited to start a podcast? Very! We've been talking about this for so long. We did like a test months ago, and we've been talking about it, and we just never did it. I'm glad we finally are doing it. <laughs> now, why why are we doing this time period? Are we doing it because of the book that we read? Or it's in I, somewhat. So. I think it was because you have a lot of information in your brain about World Wrestling Federation, like WWF, WWE. Wow, WWE. And I don't, but this you don't really have a lot about WCW, and I know nothing except for the book that we read. Yeah, I have very minimal. So we listened to the... Um audiobook for the death of WCW and it's a good book read it it is listen to it however you consume your books but we kind of wanted to live the experience (laughs) and maybe along the way try to figure out what happened to all those millions of millions of people who just stopped watching wrestling yeah because we started watching we started re for you it was we started re-watching Smackdown from I, the very beginning. I, I had not seen a lot of them. I okay. Kind of, you know, you know things through, through osmosis. So we watched the beginning of Smackdown on the WWE Network, and we are we're still working our way through it. Well, yeah, we, we, but I don't know. I think we're just gonna have to stop. I don't know <laughs> if we're gonna catch up. But we started it. It starts in 1999. Yes. So that's kind of like right in the middle of all of this. But so how long have you been watching wrestling, Emily? How long have we been dating? <laughs> well, we just hit two years, so. So two years. And I have been watching pretty consistently, all the times just reading um, reports, since about 2006. So I'm almost, almost 15 years deep. The only thing I knew about wrestling before dating, starting to date Nick was The Rock was a wrestler. John Cena was a person. He was and a person, not a wrestler. He, he was a person. And I thought that Hulk Hogan and Dog the Bounty Hunter were the same person. So. Explain that one? I can't. <laughs> don't know if I knew that one. Because I used to watch like MTV reality shows way back in the day. And Brooke Knows Best was a reality show. And it was about Brooke Hogan dating in the world in 2008. And Hulk Hogan would come on every once in a while. I guess. I can't remember. I didn't watch it religiously, but he made an appearance here and there. And I had just moved to the East Coast from Hawaii. I'm a military kid. And while we were in Hawaii, Dog the Bounty Hunter came to visit, like, one of the military bases. So I met him, and he has, like, that big macho guy look. I'm pretty sure he had, like, bleach blonde hair at the time, too. So He always does. I didn't have a distinction in my brain between the man that I met and the man I'm watching on MTV. I was just like, oh, wow, it's a big guy. Must be the same person. So. <laughs> I, had to, I had to double check and see what Dog Bounty Hunter actually looks like. He looks more like Mickey Rourke than he does Hulk Hogan. It was 2008. I had absolutely no, like, nothing to base any of this off of. It's like, was, what, look 13? at this man and tell me he doesn't look like Randy the Ram. Oh, God. He does not look how I remember him. Oh. But anyway, I guess this is Halloween Havoc 1998. 
so yeah, the opening package um, doesn't really say anything. Honestly, I don't really remember the opening package. So, I didn't notice it until I cut to the audience, but it was oh, it was very Batman-esque music. It was very, like, operatic. Oh. But it, the opening package is just... There's nobody talking. It's just people posing and going down the matches of who's in them and them posing. But it tells you nothing about any of the programs. It, it doesn't say anything about any of the storylines that you'd be following, Which, any of the that main was, that, was, that was a big issue for me. Yeah? We plan to watch the Raws... Sorry, not the Raws, the Nitros. Okay, <laughs> gotta get used to that. Well, I I overall had a hard time not referring to everybody by their WWE name. Like I Me am too. like like the giant. And I'm like, nope, that's Big Show. Like, nope, it's the giant. That was something that I did during the opening package. I was while everybody was like posing and they were introducing the roster or whatever, I was making note of oh, I remember them from the invasion. I remember them from WCW or WWE. I've been pushing for Emily to give some people a second chance after WWE just not doing anything with them during the invasion. The Invasion was my least favorite time thus far as a wrestling fan. I hated it. Yeah, I don't know how controversial an opinion It was is. awful. I want to do skip every match. I hated DDP. He was the most annoying person in The Invasion. Raven, Rhino, I hated them. They were nothing. But the show as a whole, Halloween Havoc, 1998, taking Ooh. place on October 25th, 1998. Spooky. Is that today? Is it today? No, it's tomorrow. Oh, that would have been We're, perfect. Well, it's also, not, it's also not 1998. Okay, well, I'm talking about... We, we chose to start with Halloween Havoc because it's spooky time. Well, so... I, we actually chose it because I wanted to get the uh, upcoming Starcade and some of the Nitros after that. And this seemed like a natural starting point to me. In terms of things going wrong... I feel like Halloween Havoc really kind of hits the quota. So would you say that things before this were just like, you know, rainbows and butterflies and everything uh, was great? No, I, I, there were always issues okay. with the company, but WCW as a business hit its peak at Starcade 1997. If you've only watched okay. WWE stuff, Starcade is basically WCW's WrestleMania, but it happens in December. Okay. So... The previous December, like less than a year ago, they um, had like 700,000 buys. I could be wrong. I think that might have been the most buy a pay-per-view at that point. Mm. Yeah, I know WrestleMania 17 then like shattered the record, but that's 2001. So they hit their peak business, but like if you go back and watch that show, there's still issues. There's issues with, you know, even in WWE's peak, there were issues, but... I think this can very easily, there's a lot of points that can be, you know, the beginning of the end. When it's all kind of going down, it's like what part along the downward trend do you kind of say, well, this is pretty much, uh, this is pretty much shot. Fair. I don't know how much of the beginning of the end of this is versus just very emblematic of the issues that WCW is having at this time. Okay. Which we'll get into match by match by match. However, business-wise, they said it was a sellout of um, 10,663 people in, um, it was the MGM Grand. Really? It seemed like a small arena, so like, 
Isn't the MGM Grand like massive? I mean, the casino is, but like oh, okay, they—that's usually they—they um, they kind of have boxing uh, events there. Oh, okay. And I know the last couple of Halloween Havocs had been there. I don't know why you do Halloween Havoc in Las Vegas. I don't really see a tie in there. Maybe the like the flashiness and you know costumes yeah. of Las Vegas. Maybe. I guess, but there wasn't really showy. There wasn't really anybody. The most costumes we got was Bobby Heenan putting on that one mask <laughs> during. The <laughs> well, movie. the warrior. His whole thing is a costume. Yeah, but that's that's just that's the warrior. Gear. It wasn't yeah. like he did anything special. That's fair. So they had three hundred ten thousand buys. Do you think up or down from last year? I'm thinking up. It is down from 405 last year. Oh. However, it is up from last month's pay-per-view, which had 275,000. Do you have any reason for why? I mean, one, the main event, and two, the Warrior might have pulled some of, some of the buys. I think a lot of it is, in terms of stuff going down, is people are... Half or a good amount of the audience is is worn out on the NWO, and the other half loves the NWO. And apologies if you love the NWO, but it does seem like the people who love the NWO aren't usually aren't all into wrestling. They're just into cool guys <laughs> being cool. They really did hammer in the NWO. I I think nowhere was that more clear than when they did the announcements for the main event. They introduced Goldberg as the WCW NWO champion. Yes, I did notice that. Yeah, so they they were they had this notion of, and I think they already bailed on at this point, where we're gonna make the NWO a different show. That way, WWE will be in third place. Oh, that's not how that works. No, but yeah, they um, we've met, we managed to steer clear of it. Although we might get the next one. Of there are NWO specialty pay-per-views, including a Miss NWO contest. Oh, good. The women are not going to be as attractive as you think they would be. Hmm. A lot of old biker ladies. (laughs) A lot lot of uh, grain inspectors. Okay. (laughs) But I need to ask, was the Big Pumpkin fun? The Big Pumpkin brought to you by Snickers? Yes. By the way, it's by Snickers. Hey, did you see Snickers? Yes. I did like the big pumpkin. <laughs> what, did you th- what did you think of the gargoyles? I didn't realize it was... I just put like... They were, I put like, like weird monster and then I went, oh, it's meant to be a gargoyle. Okay. They, I think they said that in the... They said it later yeah. in the broadcast. That's why I had to go I back and like, change I didn't even make note, note of it in my... Like, I didn't notice it until they said something about it. But like, I was... I, I have no opinion on it. I, I liked the pumpkin. I wished it was solid and not inflatable. I thought the it was inflatable made it look kind of lame. Well, yeah, but like they're like blowing like, in the fucking breeze and smoke machines. It's like I'm waving. like, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the big inflatable things you can get for your front yard. You know. Yeah, but I... WCW is for the cool kids who can afford the inflatables that you put in your front yard. Yeah, I. <laughs> I'm like, I don't look at Christmas decorations during Christmas season. And go, oh, I bet that would make a ba- a great pay per view set. <laughs> I don't see why not. Maybe it could. I don't see Santa riding with his reindeer. You know, in, in light form, and go. Ooh, December, December needs that. <laughs> one, the one thing I didn't like about the pumpkin was it kind of obstructed the entrances. They had to walk around it, and it took them a little bit longer to come out. I noticed it with like Goldberg towards the end. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with that. It's also a matter of you want to get to the center to do your pose, yeah. and there's like a awkward walk around with it. Let's uh, we'll try to go in order as best we can. 
on commentary, we have Mike Tanay, Tony Schiavone, and you were a little surprised to see Bobby Heenan. Yeah, I forgot that he was a, a commentator for WCW. Yeah, he's, um, I, I don't know how long he stays around for, but I mean, he's been there for quite a while at this point. Him and Mean Gene, who comes out shortly thereafter, and it's just like, <laughs> it really hits home the... If you liked WWF in the 80s, you'll love us in the 90s. Right, that's true. Because not seen tonight, but under contract, is also Macho Man Randy Savage. I was wondering. He, I know he wrestled at a pre, like one of the previous pay-per-views. I, um, but I'm, uh, we're trying to kind of take this week by week, by best we can. I'm trying to not, frankly, spoil things for myself because I know certain points, but I don't always know the results. I don't know every storyline. Like, I... I did know the the results of the two main matches of tonight's pay-per-view, but other than that, I was flying pretty blind in terms of results. Which is kind of another reason why we wanted to do WCW, right? Because yeah. when we're watching WWF together, even like any pay-per-view that we watch, I like try to, you know, say, "Oh, who do you think he, who who do you got in this one? Like, who do you think is going to win this one?" And I look at him, he's like, "Well, I know." Yeah, I well, know. <laughs> I know world title-wise, I know, you know, through Starcade. After that, I fly blind for a little bit. Then it's, I know two certain non-wrestlers win the belt. But in terms of what day that actually is, it might sneak up on me. Oh, I know one of them. Who's the one you know? David Arquette. Correct. Yes, you told me about this. I figured, you know, you, you would know when, when Monica's husband won the WCW title. Exactly! I'm a huge Friends fan for those. So, you were surprised by Bobby Heenan. I was surprised to see the Nitro Girls. <laughs> because apparently it was their first time on pay-per-view. Oh, okay. Which I'll take their word for. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I didn't hate the Nitro Girls. Yeah, my thing is, they, like, they just dance. And they kind of just, like, they don't know how to end those segments. No, it's kind of like a fadeaway sort of I, thing. I wrote, I guess that's over. <laughs> I didn't hate them because they actually, like had a purpose other than just look at me i'm pretty which is a problem i have a lot with um wwf women they just come out and they're like look at my butt look at how pretty i am i'm gonna be a distraction for you in the ring these women actually seemed to have a skill set and it was being used and they were like they were cheerleaders i mean that's what they were they were cheerleaders yes and like i appreciate that they were dancing they were actually doing something they weren't just being sexualized which, I mean, they were. They were doing very sexual dances. But they weren't being, like, objectified, sexualized. The way that, like, a Stacey Keebler who got a mold of her ass. Like... I mean, that's, that's, an, that's an exception. For those who don't know what she's talking about, um, if you we watched WrestleMania 18, and at Access, they had a mold of Stacey's ass and legs just, like... Disgusting. Like, displayed for people to pose with. And I'm just... And they they interviewed her about it during the Access... Like, package, and bless her, she gave the most, I am not, like, you could tell she was not, she was not comfortable with it, but was willing to, like, like, I don't want to lose my job, so, exactly. like, like, oh, it's so strange that people are doing this, not, like, get the fuck away. It's disgusting. But that's, I don't feel like the Nitro Girls were getting that treatment, you know? Now, does it annoy you that there's not, like, they have that, but there's not really a women's division? I mean, yes. I do love my women wrestlers. I do love women's wrestling matches, but I don't know. If my if my options are any woman wrestlers going to be, you know, swept into 
Vince McMahon's office and, you know, fondled versus these women have skills and they're going to be cheerleaders. <laughs> now, what about the middle ground of... I don't know if it's before or after this, but... So the WWE women's situation, or women's division... Situation. <laughs> the WWE women's division right now is... Right now, in, in 1998, like, they're, they're doing a bra and panties match, mm-hmm. and... De- uh, it's someone against Deborah. I don't remember who. Oh, but Deborah gets Deborah gets stripped, and Shawn Michaels, who's the commissioner, comes out, and I went, "Nope, because you got the most naked. You win the title." Yeah. See, I don't like that. So, which which would you rather have? No uh, division this... or or that? <sighs> On no division. I don't want that. I don't want there to be bra and panties matches. I don't want there to be. Remember the Thanksgiving episode where they had, like, the gravy pool? The gravy bowl. Ugh, no, I don't want that. If those are my options, no women's division until you can figure it out. And then Ivory lost, and then somebody, uh, the cat choked on a a mushroom, and then BB had to come save her. Oh, yes, Nurse BB. Anyway, let's get back on track. They called her Nurse BB. She was a nurse. She started as a nurse, didn't she? So. Whatever. She was an EMT. It wasn't. Uh, hel- she had a career path. It wasn't uh, hel- Hello Nurse from the Animaniacs. No. Although, pretty close, except that that nurse and the nurse the Animaniacs had, had like a PhD. Fair. Still, woman doing her thing. So, after the long commentary intro, because they go on and on a bit. They do. Including Bobby Heenan putting on a mask and then being like, boo. And then Tony just snaps the mask on his face. <laughs> we go from that. To an interview. And I think... I think it's going to be a little more common for the time being of... We don't go backstage. I don't think at any point... Yeah. So Goldberg is the only time we go backstage. I did notice that. There was no backstage people, filler yeah, time. People, people come out for interviews. Mm-hmm. Because we start with Rick Steiner coming out for an interview. With his... I don't know how much you're going to notice this. But his theme is a knockoff of Welcome to the Jungle. I really didn't notice a lot of themes. There was one theme I noticed, and I'll tell you when we get there, but I really didn't notice a lot of themes. Yeah, his is a blatant... They they use Vanilla Ice logic, where oh. if you change enough notes, it's dun, legally dun, dun, a dun, different... Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So if, if you listen to his, it is very blatantly Welcome, Welcome to the, the Jungle. jungle. Uh, DDP has... I think it's... It smells like teen, teen Spirit or Come As You Are. I think it smells like Teen Spirit. Um... Raven was uh, Raven was good. Jericho had his uh, WWE the theme, but has a ripoff of I want to say Even Flow by Pearl Jam. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, but Rick Steiner comes out, and we were a little confused, and it's more due to the promo later on about what the what is Rick Steiner's match for this pay per view. Yeah. Because they were kind of selling it as, like, Mean Gene was talking to Rick saying, like, you're going to take on your brother. And I, at that point, I was like, okay, it's just brother versus brother. Yes, because Buff Bagwell comes out and is like, hey, I want to be in your corner. Yeah. Like, he, he comes out and says, like, hey, I'm on your side, man. I want to take these guys down. Let me be in your corner. Yes. And, and then Rick is like, nah, well, man. Well, Rick says he doesn't trust him because, so the Nitro before this... Buff Bagwell took a swing of a chair at Scott Steiner. Steiner dodged it. Yes. And Buff was like, hey, I'm going to leave the NWO. Took off his NWO shirt, which looked strangely homemade. If you watch back and you see the clip, 
Like, I've seen a million NWO shirts in my life, just mm-hmm. on various broadcasts. This looked like they ran out, and he had to, like... And, like, and they did it with, like, with like white, white paint. White markers? Oh. Yeah. It, it, I don't know why it looked so strange, but it did. Huh. But, yeah. So, basically, Rick says, I don't know if I trust you, but sure. Be in my corner. Yeah. And immediately, I was like, I, I smell a swerve. So was it in that interview that he was like, I'm going to, like, actually, no, I want you to be my tag partner? I don't think they said tag partner. I think it was, I'm going to be in the corner. Okay. This is this is just illustrating how confusing this match was. Yeah. Like, we couldn't fig- for a while. Exactly. We couldn't figure out what the match was going to be. I knew that Rick Steiner was in it, and I knew Scott Steiner was in it, and that was the end. Yeah. And, and Buff Bagwell's going to be involved somehow. Somehow. And I don't know if it was just because Buff Bagwell looks shady and just looks like a piece of shit. <laughs> I was like, I know you just kind of turned face, but I feel like you're going to... I feel like that was a false turn. <laughs> I like, like In this intersection, I'm like, no, I don't buy this. Yeah. I also don't know how I feel about um, Rick's dog jacket. Oh, the dog the, pound. The, the, uh, the dog face gremlin, as they call him. Yeah. And, and it had, like, little dog figures on his shoulder pads. Yeah, that was a little lame. I, I didn't like that I, so I, much. <laughs> I was fine with with the, the jacket was very wrestling, but, yeah, the um, the shoulder pads yeah. of... <laughs> it just made it look like a costume. <laughs> yeah. It's Halloween. So Spooky. Dogs. So, so we, we leave that, and we're not sure what the hell that match is going to be. And for those who have been watching the Nitros, all of a sudden Raven comes out. Because Raven is not scheduled to wrestle on this pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. And Raven gets no reaction. Yeah, it was yeah. like a negative pop. The, the crowd overall kind of... I thought they weren't mic'd well. But then... During various points, I'm like, oh, okay, you're alive. I can hear you very clearly. So Right, and I think I asked you about that, too. I was yeah, like, I, I thought they were mic'd well. And then, honestly, like, the main event happened, and I went, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Main event and one other match. And I was like, oh, I guess they just kind of don't care about certain things. Because also, yeah. neither of these guys are NWO. Oh, okay. So they're um, not important enough. Yeah, and Raven, so Raven has a losing streak gimmick, which always pays off. Can you even call that a gimmick? Being a loser. They've given it to enough people. That's such a lame gimmick. Uh, tweet in if you know of any time that gimmick has worked. Because usually it's just, they lose a bunch, and then they win. And, and that's, that's it. And that's the arc. Like, even if you win a title, like, if you don't do anything with it afterwards, like, I, I, the most recent one I can think of was, they had Kurt Hawkins go on some massive losing streak, and then him and mm-hmm. Zack Ryder won the tag titles at WrestleMania. You're talking about like 2020 current day? Uh, in 2019, Still. it happened. But um, I, I don't see the point of a losing streak gimmick. I th- honestly, I think most times it's just used to punish right. guys. Because, and I feel like you could kind of swerve that into being like an underdog story. Like this poor guy is he's he's got so much heart, but he just can't beat up these yeah, but big guys. Raven's, but it never. Raven's also a heel, a heel who just lost his faction, which and he gets whiny. Yeah, which I'm aware of the flock. I don't think Emily is. <laughs> Which is Raven's group, where he was kind of like like, like a cult leader of these people. I uh, would never follow anything that Raven led. Um, if Raven was the head of a parade, I would not be in that parade. Yeah, I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out from this broadcast, like, who else was in this? Because Saturn was, mm-hmm. Lodi was, they mm-hmm. mentioned Kidman was. Okay. Um, Canyon, maybe? Because Canyon comes out in this match. 
They never really show his face, though. They're just no. like, oh, it's Canyon, so I have to take your word for it. I was torn about when Jericho came out because I want to watch these pay-per-views as authentically as possible. However, they have his original WWE theme, which I like, which is very 95% similar to the one everybody knows, mm-hmm. but just some of the audio balancing is different, and I uh, like it better. I was just so happy to see him the way that he was introduced to me because I love Jericho so much. So Jericho comes out and then Raven starts cutting a promo. Yeah. He waited until Jericho made his whole entrance. I think Jericho was in the ring at this point too. And then they cut back to Raven and he has a mic. Yeah. And he's he's like sitting in the corner. That's part of Raven's thing is he sits in the corner. Patty boy. Um, yeah, you have issues with, with, with Raven based on the invasion, which I, I know. I don't think anybody who has seen Raven's WWE booking will argue with you. I think most people who are going to argue with you are going to be people who watch ECW, mm. and like he was a big star there because Paul Heyman knew how to use him. I mean, he did impress me wrestling wise in this match, which we'll get to. But his character, his whole like pouty, what about me? What about Raven? Like it's just annoying. Which were, yeah, were you happy to see that that uh, that carried over? Into no. The... <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange because WWE bought WCW. They can use whatever. Yeah. You don't have to worry about any weird copyright stuff. Yes. So they, they could just copy and paste the gimmicks over. They um, shouldn't have. <laughs> That's a bad gimmick. Yeah, so Raven sits in the corner and complains about. How he he slept until eleven, and then he found out this match was happening, and he's like, "No, I don't want to fight." Which that always works. I mean, like, like I get that. <laughs> if I slept in and it was like, "You gotta fight somebody later," I'd be like, "No, fuck you." <laughs> yeah. So he goes. So he just leaves, and then Jericho is like, "You're a piece of shit, and the flock sucks, and you're a loser." Yeah, he really hammered in the <laughs> loser, and of course, yeah. that's like a trigger for Raven. Yeah. So Raven then comes back, losing. and the match starts. Match starts um, a few seconds short of 13 minutes into the pay-per-view. Oh, really? Yeah. That far in? Yeah. I, I want to go back to that because, yeah, because the, the commentary bit at the start is mm-hmm. very long. The pa- opening package isn't all that long. No. That's the other thing. But And then there's the, the Steiner interview, and then there's two promos. And, and there's like the a, Nitro girls doing their dance. Yeah. Yeah? Jeez. It, it just it takes a hot minute to a start. This did feel like a... like. An episode, like an episode of TV, more, more than a pay per view. I mean, like it felt like there was pretty consistent interviews and run ins, and we haven't watched a full episode of Nitro or anything from WCW yet, so I don't really know how to compare it. But I understand what you're saying. Comparing it to anything we've watched in WWC, WWF, I cannot get that right. I'm sorry. Comparing that to what we've watched in WWF or E, it's. I imagine we're going to alternate between the two yeah. of them, just because... Because we started with WWF, and now they've transitioned to E, and Yo, I don't get know. the F out. <laughs> but I can see how there are, like... The episodes of SmackDown have a lot of backstage. Yeah. There's a lot more, like, talking one-on-one with the wrestlers. This, because there wasn't a lot of backstage, or there wasn't any backstage, I forgave it. So, to me, it was like, we're always out. We're always in the ring. We're fighting. So, I was like, okay. It's not it's not Fair. the same. So, in terms of matches, considering this is our first episode, I just feel like I should kind of tell you what our system's going to be. We did a pilot, and we kind of tried it both ways of going, like, straight up play-by-play versus highlights. And we found highlights work, works a bit better. 
So we're going to go with that. And if anything, doing highlights is just not as exhausting. I don't know. It, it's yeah. just. And depending on how good the match is, you may or may Ex- not get more highlights. Exactly. Exactly. It's a matter of we, there were, we did WrestleMania 18 and there were a lot of mediocre matches and just going, all right. Close, and trying to power through those. Close lines to the outside. Yeah. Toss them back in. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're going to just do highlights and go from there. And our first highlight is that Jericho goes for his cocky pin. Thoughts on Jericho's cocky pin? He doesn't lessen a bit of E, but it's just that that foot on them kind of flexing, and there's usually a "Come on, baby." I mean, I just I love it. Yeah, like I, I was the, geeking out this whole match. Even the announcers are like, I don't think he's ever won with that, but doesn't stop him from doing it. No, I, I was just, I was right. so excited to see him, and he was just so energetic, and like the level of energy and enthusiasm in this match just made me so happy. So I loved it. <laughs> So I don't have too many notes in them as a whole, but like thoughts on the commentary as a whole. Uh, they were very—I thought they were very snarky. They were very snarky with each other. With each other, but like also like, I'm convinced they do not like Disco Inferno. We'll get to that, that match <laughs> no, later. They but do like, not like Disco Inferno. yeah, like they were very snarky towards the wrestlers, and at various points, and understandably so, towards the company as a whole. Um. There's one in this match. There are a lot of low blows during this show. Yes, there are. Um, I might keep a loose tally. I did not during the show, but oh, I did mention it. That was something I wanted to, bu- to bring up in this match. Didn't Raven bite Jericho? Yes. That's a DQ, is it not? Welcome to WCW. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things. Because he bit him right after... Raven choked Jericho with his shirt. Well, relatedly, so they kind of go to the outside and Raven drops Jericho kind of chest first onto the stairs. Like after he set the stairs up on their side and it's like a, that's a middle ground of, because you can whip somebody into the stairs in a normal match and it's fine. But I'm like, once you set these up as like a weapon, Mm -hmm. it's like a, that was at least a gray area. Yeah, that that is Based on the rest of the night, I was like, well, that's fine. (laughs) But like, I was but shocked. also, they were on the outside. Ref wasn't counting. No, not at all. But in other matches, yeah. the ref was very obviously counting. So it's yeah. very case by case. Uh, but I was so focused on the bite because, like, when I like, when we were watching and I pretend to, like, try to put Nick in, like, a wrestling pose or something, and he's bigger than me, so he'll overpower me, so I want to use my teeth. And he's like, no, you can't do that. You'll get DQ'd. I'm like, but Raven did it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know who else does that very famously? Hmm. Hulk Hogan as a face. Why can't I bite? Why can't I bite? As a good guy, he would just bite people. No. Why can't I bite? Riddle me this. Uh, So after (laughs) dropping on the stairs, uh, Raven then sets up the stairs, runs up them, and does like a jumping clothesline off of them. Yes, I thought that was kind of cool. It was too. However, I I was turned off by the gray mats and the gray. In, like, the silver guardrail? I didn't even notice. It, it just, like... I mean, I noticed the guardrail, obviously. Yeah. Oh, was... well, did you notice the guardrail when Jericho it... went for... Face first into yeah. the guardrail. So Jericho goes for a diving clothesline to Raven. Raven kind of counters it, and, like... I don't know how much of it is him... Cause it looks like he kind of gives him an extra push. Yeah. But Jericho just oh. goes, head, like, forehead first yeah. into the guardrail. It just looked like it hurt. Which... This is not unique to, to this night, but anytime there is that type of guardrail, I'm like paranoid for the for the crowd's shins. 
Like the front, like the front row. If they like go into it, the Um, barricade sometimes kind of shifts a little bit. Fair. That's fair. I'm always just like, because I'm, I'm a large, I'm six foot four. I'm a large man, (laughs) and my legs are going to sit more forward than somebody else's. Yeah. I experienced this on planes, plenty. Yeah, six foot four man versus five foot two me. Yeah, we're gonna have different sitting experiences. I feel like that number just keeps going down the longer we're dating. Shut up. Like it started as started as five four, then became five three. No, I never went as high as five four. I thought I was five three because I thought I was taller than my mom, and it turned out I was just wearing shoes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so before he smashes his face on the guardrail, Jericho hits his. Um, take a. I think they call it a triangle drop kick. It's when he the opponent's on the apron. And he kind of springboards off the ropes in the ring and then kicks them off, like drop kicks them off yeah. the apron. Which, I didn't know what it was called, but sure. Yeah, I think it's called a drop kick, which it's interesting to see Jericho here and how much it's, how, it's funny to see how much it's the same as when he debuts mm-hmm. and also how quickly he shifts his style to the WWE style once he gets there. Yes, I did notice that because I liked this energy and this style better almost like as we've been watching wwf like it's i I still love chris jericho but i'm getting less enchanted with him like i'm less excited to see him as the time goes because like his matches are kind of formulaic yeah we're also seeing him in 2002 where i think even he would admit that it's like it's not totally his best work it's not his peak but like i did make a note that the the invasion really did Raven dirty because I was shocking myself with how much I was enjoying watching Raven fight and wrestle. I imagine part of it is because he was an ECW guy that WWE was just like, okay, trash, hardcore brawls. Yeah. Except and, for the 24-7 hardcore title. Yeah. And, and plus, you never know how much of that is. You almost destroyed WrestleMania. Oh, never forget. Yeah. Never forget how he almost look into the go- Look into the golf cart story if you don't already know it. Oh, Raven. Oh, but, what a guy. Well, relatedly to but. kind of trash brawling, they're, they're on the outside for most of this they match. They are. Like, they, they, you know, running close on happens, they come back in, and then they immediately go back out. But there wasn't a lot of counting, was it? No, there was virtually none. Yeah. Yeah, the... The rules. <laughs> Quote-unquote rules. I even wrote down, there are no rules. No laws. Yeah. Were they drinking claws? No laws. Although, funnily enough, there are rules. Because Chris Jericho starts unbuckling the turnbuckle pad. Mm. And the ref goes, oh, I shouldn't be seeing this. And then just weirdly has to distract himself by, like, talking to Raven. Like, hey, I know. That's the wife. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, are, like cause I'm like, is this no DQ or not? They never really said. And you would assume that if they don't say, then it's not no DQ. And then in classic wrestling tradition, because Jericho set up the turnbuckle pad spot, he gets He gets thrown into it, of course. Of course. Again, like face first. So Jericho gets the lion tamer on Raven, which different than the walls Jericho. Not the walls, and it's also not the lion salt, because I was trying to differentiate them in my head, and it was confusing He does do the lion salt in WCW, just not in this match. Okay. Do you know, um, I think he's already abandoned at this point, but do you know Jericho's old nickname? In WCW. No, I do not. He was the man of a thousand and four holds. Oh, really? I didn't realize it was Jericho. You've told me this. Well, because Dean Malenko was claimed to be the man of a thousand holds, and they were feuding. So Jericho's, oh. I'm the man of a thousand and four. Malenko, you claim to be the man of a thousand holds, but I counted, and you know about 60, but I know a thousand and four, 
and I wrote them all down. Here we go. Hold one, arm drag. Hold two, arm bar. Hold three, the moss-covered, three-handled family gradunzel. Why does he just Number mail four, us this list and we'll announce it? Bar. He's just ranting. Number five, the Saskatchewan spinning nerve hole. This must be meathead microphone night. You He's think so? Bar. He's got 998 to Number go. Nine, Get the hook. We're out of here. Shut up. Press. Get a haircut. Number 10, right-handed. Back fan. Hold number 712. Can we? Armbar. So yeah, so Jericho gets in the walls. The sorry, I almost said it there too. He gets in the lion tamer, and Raven manages to fight to the ropes. Mm-hmm. Um, followed by Raven hitting his finisher, the even flow DDT, which I found kind of funny considering Jericho's theme is a knockoff of even flow. Oh, okay. I was I was thinking about that. I don't actually know any of Raven's, like, moves. I don't know what his finisher is. Like, his, I don't want know what his signature is. Yeah, that'll be interesting yeah. for WCW because we, we've kind of talked about how having set finishers almost almost ruins matches mm-hmm. of, like, well, clearly they're going to kick out because this wasn't one of these, one of the moves. Right. But, yeah, this is just, like, a DDT. Mm-hmm. But Jericho kicks out of it. And then he hits a low blow right in front of the ref. And that's I not a problem. DQ. <laughs> By the way, that is one. Oh, no, the bite, that's two. No, I'm saying, I'm just going sheer low blows. Oh, okay. Or, and even the bite, sometimes they'll kind of give you a count. So or like a, hey, stop it, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little more flexible on that one, but a blatant low blow in front of the ref. Yeah. Uh, Canyon suddenly runs in, gets knocked off the apron, which was a Immediately. Theme, which is also a theme for tonight. People interfering... Getting knocked off the apron. And at least this match ended very shortly thereafter. Uh, oh, yeah. Jericho hit, uh, puts the Lion Tamer back on Raven. And he taps within, like, three seconds. Yeah. And the, and the announcers basically call him a pussy. Or they call him a, they call him a, 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 a quitter. <laughs> but, yeah. At least Canyon, you know, didn't have time to do anything. Versus later matches. Like, well, I guess that's it for me, then. Time right. to hit the shower. <laughs> And then yeah. we see half the match in re- in very slow motion replays, where they like oh, yeah. they like queue they queue up the start of the replays too far back for it to be in slow motion. Yeah, it was like a long, yeah. long slow mo segment. I think they did it with all of them when they show the replays. They end it with the person coming out, like a shot of them up on the ramp when they first came out for the entrance. I did notice that uh, Jericho was very jumpy. Oh yeah, he did. He did very uh, schoolgirl style jump yeah. twenty one. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> he's he's great. I like the match. I thought it was somewhere between pretty good and good. I really liked this match. Yeah, solid opening, and I I think it gave us gave us both hope. We mm-hmm. were both a little optimistic that hmm, maybe this maybe this yeah. is all right because this is obviously a very much maligned portion of wrestling history. Right, because when we st- when we were talking about t- watching Halloween Havoc to talk about it, Nick, you kind of like were telling me like, oh, you know, it's it's not going to be great. It's going to be rough. We're going to have a lot of matches that we're going to have to like really sift through. He, he made me made me believe that it was not going to be a fun time. And I watched this match and I was I concerned I, almost with myself because I loved it. I gave this like a, a cautious eight out of ten. I think I more meant as a whole in terms of what we're going to watch. Throughout. Yeah. Yeah. 
I was just very nervous because I really liked this first match, and I'm like, oh god, does my is my taste in wrestling yeah. garbage? Well, to, to my knowledge, for, for the most part, and obviously there are exceptions, we have one of them later, match quality isn't always the main issue. It's mm-hmm. storylines and logic. Yes, yes. And we had to like stop. We stopped the pay-per-view while we were watching because I, I expressed this to you when you told me that. Because we, yeah. in that match we're going to talk about later, I kind of enjoyed it. You hated it for the logic reason. And that's when yeah. we kind of talked about that. But... We'll bring that up again. And speaking of issues with logic, Hollywood Hogan and Eric Bischoff come out, Ugh. and Hogan gives Eric Bischoff a little kiss on the head. Yes, he did. Like, he's his little brother. It was very cute. Like, <laughs> I say this with love, like, big gay energy off these two, you know? Especially from Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff idolizes. They... Oh, like, God. he loves they, Hogan. They did do a fake proposal at one point. I believe it. I don't think it was fake like, for Eric Listen, Bischoff. there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it's just like a know, know the vibe you're giving off because I know the two of you would be upset about, about yeah, it. Yeah, and in 1998, that's not the vibe that you were trying to give off. Yeah, so Hogan talks about him beating up Horace Hogan, and I don't, I don't care. Yeah, I was trying I to figure out Horace this. Hogan. I was trying to figure out this storyline while they were telling it. So apparently, Horace Hogan is Hulk's nephew. Kayfabe nephew? His dead brother's son. They really right. want you to know that, that Hogan's brother is dead. <laughs> and he beat up his dead brother's son. Like, so his nephew. This may be up for debate, but I'm like, if you're turning on family, does it really matter if their parent is dead? I mean, guess no, but no. <laughs> also, I guess, it, you know what? You know what it really is? They don't really specify when his brother died. No, they don't. So, like, if it was last week, then, oh, absolutely, you're you're a shithead. But if he's been dead for 20 years, yeah. like, how does that make a difference? Also, like, like he turned on, on his dead brother's son. Horace Hogan looks like he's in his, like, 30s. Yeah. It's not like he was a child. When they were first, like, when they were talking about this, this match that happened prior, they were talking about, like, Hogan beating up his nephew or I'm sorry his dead brother's son and to me it sounded like it was a like a child like like a young person like um like the Dominic Mysterio sort of thing that's going on in current day oh wait don't don't you remember Horace Hogan from Brooke Knows Best no I don't (laughs) I don't think he was on it yeah it is not his uh shoot nephew (laughs) that would have been a good tie-in though if they did that it was also 10 years post this longer than that so yeah Hogan also says he's gonna beat up the warrior and a bit that I, that made me laugh. I don't even know if you noticed it. So Hogan is commentating over footage of him beating up Horace. Mm. And then in the footage, Hogan starts cutting a promo. So you have Hulk Hogan talking over Hulk Hogan cutting a promo. I did not notice <laughs> I made me laugh. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, the um, the production, production quality as a whole, mm-hmm. kind of, you can sense WWE has always kind of mastered that a little bit better. Yeah. Like, there's one video package tonight? I think it's just Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. Yes, yes. Like, like I mean, I guess there is the intro. That's the only one. There is the intro one, but, but that's, that's not really. That's bordering on a, like, a Windows Movie Maker photo slideshow. Yeah, really, though. Yes, yeah, so I wouldn't even call that a video package. So, yeah, it must just be the one. Yeah, kind of a nothing promo. I mean, like, they're both good talkers, so it's nothing, it's nothing horrendous, but... The show would have been the exact same without this being here. Yeah. And on a related note, up next we have Meng versus Wrath. Who versus who? <laughs> um, you 
You have seen matches with both of these guys. Meng looked familiar. Meng, Reng has been in WWE as Haku. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And Wrath, I know, used to be the character Adam Bomb in WWE. I've heard the name, but I don't remember. And, funny enough, you've seen both these guys wrestle The Undertaker in a tag team match. Oh, really? Because um, Haku teamed with Rikishi... And it seems like it, it seemed like they were headed towards a Kane the Undertaker versus Rikishi and Haku towards at WrestleMania, and then they just blew it off on a random SmackDown. <laughs> Sidebar question. Alright. Haku, was he the one that was like ripping people's ears off? Yes. I was gonna say, do you remember the Jake Roberts story? Yes. But yeah. Look into Haku's stories because They're scary. Yeah. But like <laughs> From all accounts, if he likes you, seems like a sweet guy. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you want on your good side, and God forbid he gets on your bad side. I believe he is part of the the uh, Bone Street crew. That sounds familiar. The BSK, it's Undertaker's Backstage Dominoes Club. Yes, yes. Which, when you say it like that, sounds... Sounds a lot less cool. But you have seen um, the former Adam Bob now Wrath before. Hmm. He was part of the tag team Chronic... Oh. Where they had a match so bad. They only had like one match, right? In WWE. They were oh. so bad they got fired afterwards. <laughs> I did not realize he was in that. It was oh. him and, um, oh God, I forget the guy's name, but it was The Undertaker. Uh, oh, uh, Brian Adams. God, that's so sad. Their debut was also their retirement match. <laughs> it wasn't their debut, would it? Yeah, this is, this is kind of just a, a, a big boy match. Yeah. You... I said it was kind of like a generic big guy, very boilerplate. You know. It wasn't terribly long. Which, no, it wasn't. Which, so, like, at the end of the day, I thought it was a little boring, but, you know, it took up virtually no time. You, I heard you, like, kind of be amazed by, um, Rath did, like, a diving kind of cannonball off the apron, that kind of, like, somersault. Oh, yeah, I did like that. Kevin Owens does that on a flat ground, like, into the corner on people. What yeah. Do you, what, so, what do you think of the savage hard head gimmick that Meng still has? Was that when he was, like, hitting his head up against the corner? Yeah. I'm, I took note of that. I was like, is this, like, an insanity gimmick? No, this is a, this is a Samoan gimmick. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. It's, it's more... And I, I'm paraphrasing here. I, I understand it's insensitive. It's horrible. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like savages have hard heads. Okay, have you ever met a Samoan person? They are the most kind, wonderful people you I'm will ever meet. <laughs> I love I'm aware of this. But that this, this, whole... This, start, I love that. this starts long before them, but like the most clear example in WWE was like there was like the Wild Samoans. Uh, Rikishi actually was kind of like the sequel group to this. Oh. It's it's like Samoans have hard heads, and there's a whole thing. There's like a hierarchy of who has the hardest heads. So if we're gonna go like in order of of like of stuff, that's but, so dumb. Oh, it is. It absolutely is. I, I thought I thought it was just like this man is unraveled. He's he's gone crazy. You know, don't don't piss him off. I thought that's what the you know head bashing in the corner was. No, it, it's similar to where if if, you, if like somebody tried to headbutt him, yeah. the person who you did the headbutt would be would hurt. hurt. Yeah. yeah. So Wrath hits a kind of a front sleeper Uranagi slam, Ooh, and then word. shortly hits a uh, the meltdown, aka a pump handle slam. Mm. That's kind of it. They both had pretty sad kickouts. Like, when they were, like, quote, pinning each other, it was just kind of like a, uh. And, like, it wasn't anything special with the kickout. Like, they just kind of flopped. And, like, that was the kickout. 
Yeah. It was just it was just like a big boy match with nothing else to it really. Yeah, I thought it was kind of boring until it last like forty five seconds, and I kind of have no idea why these guys fought. No, which was an ongoing thing. I think I don't know how much that is because we didn't watch the nitros, but additionally, they kept saying, and this is much more with the eventual Steiner match, that it's like oh on a WCW pay per view, like you never know what you're gonna get, and I'm like. We should know what we're going to get. That's not a good thing. (laughs) That was an issue I had with um, WrestleMania 18 when we did that that preview. Like, when we did that episode, whatever, pilot, whatever. All all those matches were advertised. There was one. I think it was the Kurt Angle match that, like, we couldn't figure out. Oh, we didn't know why they were fighting, but the match was still advertised. Well, the match was advertised, but I couldn't figure out why they were fighting. Yeah. And, like, I I like to have the backstory. I want to know why they hate each other. I want to know what's going on. They didn't tell me. Well, speaking of pointless, uh, Billy Kidman is talking with WCW.com. Okay, this was so dumb. I think this was just them trying to show that, like, hey, go here and you can listen to them talk. I don't think... I think it was just meant to be kind of like like a look-in. I don't think it was meant to be its own segment. Which okay. We did not realize until the end that that is happening out, like, on the stage. We thought that was back. We thought that was backstage. Yeah, because it's just a table that has, like, the microphone set up and they're... They're, they've got, like, a backdrop. It, it looks like they're in a backstage just room. Yeah. And then we zoom out at the end, and they're just kind of, like, right by the audience. It's weird. There was Even, nothing backstage. Maybe it just wasn't a big backstage. I, I think they, they just like doing stuff out front, because it is common for interviews out in the ring, or out, like, on the stage. But Billy Kidman doesn't say anything of note. Nothing. Um, he's real bland. But... He's so little. I asked you if you if you recognized the interviewer's voice. His, his name is Lee Marshall. Okay. Who I don't think you would know. We didn't recognize his voice either, did you? I don't think I did. So, it's actually a little bit after this pay-per-view. At some point in 19, 1999, he gets a little side gig. Being the voice of Tony the Tiger. Wait, what? Lee Marshall voices Tony the Tiger from like 1999 to like 2014. Really? Yep. Okay, that's like a put-on voice. How the hell would I have recognized that? That's wild. Yeah. I thought, like, because you stopped, like, oh, do you recognize that voice? I thought it was going to be some obscure, like, Disney character or something. No, he, I think he did a little bit of voice acting, but nothing more notable than that. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, because he's, he's like a former radio guy. Yeah. We'll, 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 uh, we'll splice it in right here. Hey, Tony. I like the things you do. What a guy. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, I, that makes that a little bit better. It's still stupid. It was just still a very dumb segment because he said a whole lot of absolutely nothing. All I noticed was that, you know, Billy Kidman was very young and very cute. He's, you think he's a cutie? I think he's a cutie. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about more at his match, but... He a hunk. Well, whether he's a hunk or not, he will face the winner of this next match, which... I don't know why they're doing, having somebody pull double duty, but sure. Yeah. It is Disco Inverno versus Juventud Guerrero. I say, yeah, not Guerrero. I had to make sure Emily noted. I love Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. So when Eddie, he came out, I was like, oh, he's, he's got a Mexican sort of thing. Is Guerrero? Is there? No, there's nothing. There's nothing there. Well, Eddie was supposed to be on, on the pay-per-view. He was? He was. Why? What happened? 
According to the stories, he he missed his flight and couldn't make it. Oh. So Perry Saturn took his place. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That kind of that kind of makes sense. Does it? I mean, no, but <laughs> I was Perry Saturn seemed very random, so I was curious. I have to ask, and this will be a recurring uh, game on our uh, on our show. Disco Fever does it slap? That is the only <laughs> theme that I made a note that this slaps. <laughs> That is the only note that I made. Disco Fever slaps. Now, is it Disco Inferno a healer face? Face? I don't, th- I don't think so. I have no idea. I also know that he does not look like a cruiserweight. Which, no, Which but... they apparently talked about in the um, spoilers, his second match. <laughs> of I'm not sure if he made weight, but no one ever, never gets followed up on. Yeah, well. But yeah, I just I think it's also the fact that that Juventud Guerrera is just very small. Yeah, he was just kind of nothing. I didn't like him very much. I didn't mind him. Mm. He, he, I thought he he worked in terms of this match. I know a little bit more about Disco Inferno than I do uh, Juve, but I wanted Juventud to be better because I love Eddie Guerrero. I love Rey Mysterio. I love my luchadors. Like okay, I was gonna, I, you, you, you open with Eddie again. I had to be like again, not related. <laughs> No, I just, I love, I love, like, that style. So I was very excited to see him be very flippy, and he did have some good flips in this. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say Eddie's a high flyer, because I would say him in WWE, but he's, way, like, more technical about it. He, he, he does frog technical. splashes, and... I just like his whole yeah. demeanor. Yeah, this is so pretty fast-moving match, mm-hmm. although maybe a little bit too fast, because at one point they try to do this, like, flip-over arm, uh, arm drag, and... They end up botching it and then go right back to it. They do it immediately again. Yeah, which always drives me a little bit nuts when it's like a, cool, you were setting up for this spot and you botched it. Now let's try to recreate the spot perfectly. It's like, Mm -hmm. just move on. Yeah, just skip it. Especially when, like, I mean, it was cool, but like, I don't think it was worth going back to. I did notice that, like, everything seemed very telegraphed. Like, there was no, you know, off the cuff. Everything seemed really planned. I think it was Disco was, like, running towards Juventud, and he, like, had... He was on the ground. I think he was trying to do, like, a, a elbow drop or something, and he, like, popped his legs up. But his legs were already, like, up, ready to pop him when Disco started running. Yeah, I, um, I'd i say a little bit of that is probably just a holdover from, from like, Hoobie's background, because Lucha Libre as a whole is a little... It's almost... It's more of a dance i can almost say okay. like it is very it's very much more choreographed and i can respect that like it's just you know that, that's the way that is and people are fine with that okay uh i did like it's funny i like the, the setup for it but not so much the payoff uh Hoovy does he's laying in the ring and then like slides his legs out to hit a head scissors on disco on the outside oh yeah yeah which i'm like Cool setup, but then just the bump no on it was just off, a yeah. little, really boring kind of roll. And I went, oh, okay, I don't know how you make that look cooler, but you you kind of made it lame. I say we so we talked about the commentary earlier how they were very snarky. They kept doing something that annoyed me. I don't know how much it annoyed you, and I think this is why I said this feels like a long episode of Nitro. They kept hyping up stuff later to come in the show. They did. I'm not going to change the channel. I bought the pay-per-view. That's true. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, they did. I did notice that. They, they just keep talking about the, the stuff coming up later. And I'm like, you have my money, figuratively. <laughs> WWE has my $10. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But yeah, I did notice that. I'm, is it just because they really didn't like Disco Inferno and they were just like, ah, well, I, I think I gotta I'm, talk about something. I think it's just their their reflex and the way they want the commentary to happen. Okay. They 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 want the show to center around keeping people interested, or they wanted to center around the main guys. Fair. There's a there's kind of a saying where a perfect mid '90s pay per view is a WCW undercard and a WWE main event. Oh, okay. Which could have been the invasion. <laughs> I was saying, but it wasn't. What do you have Hogan and the Warrior in the semi-main event? It's kind of, kind of. But you know, because I mean, you, I mean, Bret Hart's on the card, but like mid '90s, you know, usually you've got like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart putting up great main event matches, but then you have mm-hmm. Doink the Clown and Bastion Booger in in the undercard. <laughs> oh, Doink. <laughs> and Dink. Dink and Doink. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't love this match. I mean, I really like Disco Inferno and his theme. You do? Cell Labs. I, I did. Saying, I did like Yeah, I, I, I know. I was disappointed by Hooventude, so I really like Disco Inferno. Yeah, Disco Hit, I'm learning, is one of my low-key favorite moves. Um, it's a it's like a running, spinning neckbreaker. Uh, for those of you who know the McGillicutter, it's that. For the six of you that remember Michael McGillicuddy's finishing move in the Nexus. Before he became Curtis Axel. This is all over my head. <laughs> I'm aware it is. This is, again, this is for like four people. <laughs> but, yeah, it's basically, it's like a, yeah, it's, it's like a running kind of neck breaker. And he swings and he sings, he kind of like snaps like the neck down. A little bit after that, Disco does the giant swing. So Disco gets dizzy afterwards. <laughs> but they, he waited a little too long to get dizzy like he puts him down <laughs> and then he like takes a step and all of a sudden he's dizzy and right it's, it's <laughs> like a, oh yeah you need to sell this that. don't forget you're dizzy <laughs> so it is being dizzy and i'm counting this as number two disco falls and lands head first on hoovy's dick i don't think that's a that's a low blow it has happened in wwe and they've gotten dq'd for it yes really yes if you can write it off as accidental, um, I don't think that it counts Ce- as a low blow. Cesaro and the Miz at it's like oh it's like a twenty thirteen lead up to WrestleMania pay um, per view. Oh. Weird encyclopedic knowledge, but <laughs> yeah, that has happened. Where if you that, that I've seen that happen both ways. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Okay, um, but that is a second low blow okay. right in front of the referee. Because who's to say he didn't act dizzy and then just. Throw a throw a headbutt. Fair, 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 fair. Uh, Chilly thereafter, Disco hits a jumping pile driver and pins Ubi. Woohoo! I thought it was pretty good. I thought I thought it, I thought Raven and Jericho was better, but yeah, I don't know. Just in the things I watch and listen to, I feel like Disco Inferno has gotten a bit of a bad rap, and I thought he was good here. I really liked him. I yeah. liked him a lot. I'm curious to see how he goes forward, but yeah, Disco Fever. I, I think it slaps too. It really does slap. It's the only theme that I remembered the words to at the end. Do you remember any words besides Disco Fever? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which of the words was the title. I'm not even sure I could sing it for you right now. But last night when we were watching it, I was singing along. <laughs> it does help that you heard it three times. Yes, that's true. Uh, so after the match, Nitro Girls again. Woo! Nitro Ladies. Which I'll make my case for why the, why they shouldn't have come out at the they end. They shouldn't have? Yes, we talked about this, how I I was anti-Nitro Girls for this pay-per-view. I think the Nitro Girls, frankly, should be something for, like, the commercial breaks on TV. 
Mm. So just for the in-house audience. Yeah, I just, I, I don't see the overall appeal. They're pretty. They are. Um, <laughs> That's it. I just, again, I don't, they're, like, they're pretty, their dance isn't overly sexual in like to me. No, I mean, it's, it's kind of like football cheerleaders. Yeah, but they don't, during a football game, they don't go, when you take a timeout, we're going to show you the cheerleaders. I realize I'm making my point, your point for you. Yeah. They do in, like, college games and high school games. That's usually during a timeout. And they don't show oh, okay. them. It's usually, like, we're going to intercut they're doing stuff because there's nothing else to show. I will say, I'm torn about, is this better than a similar thing? So you're not aware of this, but... Um, so when they rebooted ECW in 2006, they had Extreme Expose. And it was just... Mm. It was three women. It was... It was Layla, it was Kelly Kelly, and it was Brooke. Oh, Kelly Kelly. And they would just come out and do sexy dances to, to like, mm. pop songs. Yeah, see, I don't like that. Yeah, but as pervy as it was, I th- it knew exa- it knew exactly what it was trying mm. to be. There was a clear goal here, and it was boners. <laughs> so, from what you've told me so far, the best use of women has been the Nitro Girls, <laughs> other than actually being wrestlers. <laughs> well, even when they're wrestlers in the WWE, WWF, they are their matches are thirty seconds, and it usually involves taking somebody's pants off, like. I don't know. Unless you're China. Like. <laughs> I think, um, like, we're watching 2006 and, like, Trish and Molly have been doing pretty well in terms of actually being champion. It's mm-hmm. a matter of, I'd say outside of the championship, they usually struggle. And sometimes the champion gets sucked into that. Yeah. Especially in 98 and 99. Yeah. So after the Nitro Girls, Thank we you. have a Scott Steiner promo. <laughs> Which I'm going to play, I'm going to the opening of right here because the rest of it's not worth listening to, but here's, here's Scott Steiner. You know, I'm standing here in Las Vegas, Nevada, in the town that never sleeps. But you see, I've been going for 30 days and 30 nights with a freak on my left, a freak on my right, and one in a box. So being in Las Vegas is a night off for me. So I'm just here to tell you, Big Papa Pump is in town and he's ready to pound. So this goes to all you freaks out there. Big Papa Pump is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. So he says, I've been here for three days and 30 nights. How does that work? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, he, live, he lives 10 minutes down the road. He just, you know, he comes here for that <laughs> night. Just sleeps here at night. Yeah. Problems with the wife back home. I got to sleep at the ring. Yeah, we we, we may play the Scott Signer promos just for the sake of what is happening. <laughs> so he brings out... The Giant. Not Big Show. Not The Big the Show. The Giant. Giant, which is a terrible name. It is. Like, when you really think about it, The Big Show isn't a great name either, but it's better than The Giant. It's less generic. <laughs> the Giant, anybody oh. could be The Giant, you yeah. know? Well, because he's meant... Oh, I don't even realize. He's meant to be Andre's son. I did not know this. When he was in... When he first came in as part of the Dungeon of Dune. They tried to make him Andre the Giant's son? Yes. Oh, I hate that. 
To which, there's one time of Scott Hall being like, wasn't Andre your dad? And he's like, don't go there. Like, I'm, I don't want to do this. We're not pretending, we're pretending that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So he brings out the giant and then challenges Buff Bagwell and Rick to a tag team title match. Which, I don't know if you realize the time, Scott Siner is not a tag team champion. Okay, that also was not made clear. No. So are you... Are you aware of the of the Freebird rules in terms of the tag team championships? No. So the fabulous Freebirds were a tag team back in the seventies, and there were three of them. And were it was they fabulous? Like, they were racist. Oh well. <laughs> never mind then. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Michael Hayes was one of them. And he he uh, you you actually saw Michael Hayes as part of the gimmick Battle Royal, who came out in a Confederate jacket. Oh God. <laughs> So many choices Sorry, were made. Sorry, Confederate flag jacket, so it was really obvious. So many choices were made. And it's um, just... But so, so there were three choices. of them, and they're like, okay, there's three of us. I don't, I, you know, because we're a group of three, any combination of the two of us can defend the tag team titles. Okay. The New Day also do this. Oh, do they? Yeah. Hmm. Where it's like, okay, we like we like, we like won the titles, just like, like our group won it. Okay. And it's like, it's, it, like, I'm fine with it, because there's three of them. This is like, well, the NWO has them, so anybody in the NWO can defend them. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, no. But it, that's when that jumped the shark me a little bit. Like, I, I'm, like, I'm fine with with three or four people being like, oh, we have the tag team. I, even then four in my brain still feels mm. like a lot. But, because that should be two teams. But like three, I'm like, okay. Okay. I don't know. I'm fine with it. I'm not, but I don't have enough of a passion to fight why I'm not. So J.J. Dillon comes out, which they never na- name who the hell it is. I'm sure you were confused who the fuck this guy was. Mm-hmm. He's like a commissioner kind of guy. WCW has like 12 people calling the shots it at wasn't, any given point. It wasn't necessarily that I was confused who this person was. It was just like, I don't recognize you, so I don't feel yeah. the need to like question it. Fair. <laughs> there were certain things that I was just like, I don't need to know every small detail about this person. I know if I asked you, you probably would have told me, but I didn't need it. I don't have too much on James A. Dillon. He, okay. I know he has a more interesting behind-the-scenes history than on-screen, but, yeah, I, I it's whatever. Okay. But, Sweezy, he comes out and goes, okay, well, it's going to be a tag team title match, and if they beat you, then you have to have a match with your brother one-on-one. And I'm like, wasn't this... This is where yeah. it started to lose me. Yes, because... Credit to Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell. Like, I wasn't... Con- I, like, we say we were confused, but we were confused at their promo. No. This is what made us confused, in hindsight, about their promo. Right, because from from what we thought it was, was it went from a singles match to a tag team match to now a tag team match with overtime But they're goals. pretending the singles match was never set up. That's the weird right. thing. Right, and now it's for the tag team titles. Yes. Like, what? <laughs> That's when I started getting lost. Yep, so then that happens, and that match, the match or matches is set for later tonight. Yeah. So at this point, that that should be it. That should be everything that they're adding to it. Like, yes. right? That's It d- definitely the should not get more confusing. It should not. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> it shouldn't. Well, this this is pretty simple. Fit Finley versus Finlay. Alex versus Das Wunderkind. Alex Wright, my boy. Your boy. He's one of your. I love Alex. He's one of your boys now. He can be. I want him to be my boy. Um, state of Finley's hair. <laughs> state of Finley. Period. Uh, another thing of why are they fighting? 
Yeah, no idea. But I love Alex Who is Healy Face? (laughs) Couldn't tell you. I'm like, Alex Wright comes out dancing a little bit. But then again, Disco Inferno came out dancing. Yeah. He seemed to be the heel. Um, So, was Alex Wright the heel? Was he, like, too cocky? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, like... Say what you will about when guys are, um, you know, it's like, oh, there's the the NWO, so, you know, they're, like, cool heels. Mm-mm. Neither one of these guys are cool heels. No. Oh, I have virtually nothing for this match. Uh, I just... I, I wrote dual, uh, dual European uppercuts, which is appropriate for these two. Yes. Because Alex Wright is Das Wunderkind, German boy. Yeah, literally all I wrote is, was... Finley is from Northern Ireland. Yes. Which, oh, is, which is not Ireland, in case you did not know. It's a different country, yes. yes. I learned this the hard way. What is, <laughs> what is the hard way? I, when we were, when I was younger, we used to travel to Europe a lot. And I think I told somebody in school one day that we were going to Northern Ireland. And, you know, being military, everybody kind of traveled around. And the person I asked, they were like, oh, where'd you stay in Northern Ireland? And I was like, oh, we were in blank city. And they're like... That's not in Northern Ireland. You don't know your geography. It was like fifth grade, but they were being, you know, bitches about it. So I was embarrassed about it and I didn't talk about it anymore. See, the funnier part to me of that is that you, you call, like, that story makes way more sense if you said, we're going to Ireland. Where are you going? Belfast. People are like, that's not Ireland. It's Northern Ireland. Versus the opposite. I just knew we were going north in Ireland. Okay. So you may have just been... In the northern northern parts of the country of Ireland. Yes, that's exactly it. That's where I was. Ah, okay. But I said somewhere that was, like, not... I said, like, Northern Ireland. And I said somewhere that... Like, I said, like, Dublin or something. And they're like, that's not in Northern Ireland. I don't think Dublin's even in Northern Ireland. I don't know geography. That's the whole point of the story. <laughs> we're from uh, Baltimore, Maryland, by the way. Just, oh, no shit. <laughs> yeah, you can tell by the accents we're not from Ireland or England. <laughs> What do you think of Alex Wright's idol animation, which is just the dance? Oh, I love it's it. It's like, I don't know what to do. I'm going to dance. I'm going to dance. My elbows. It's just all elbows. Yeah. Uh, I pointed this out to you on the pay-per-view, but Alex Wright looks like Discount Homelander from The Boys. Yeah, so we've been watching The Boys on Amazon Prime, and if you haven't been, you absolutely should be. It's fantastic. But he absolutely does look like Homelander. So Discount Homelander <laughs> goes for... He goes for, like, a diving dropkick, but... Like, the, he doesn't commit to it because he knows he's going to miss. Like, I don't know. Just the way he, like, jumps and, like, falls, it looks like he's, like, ready to land on his feet. Mm, yes. I, I, I thought it was going to be a flying nothing. So the fact that he actually missed something, I was like, oh, okay. Fair. I uh, really wrote nothing for this match. Yeah. Finley goes into the post. Uh, Alex Wright hits a reverse neck breaker. Yeah. And that's it. Like, there's, yeah. there's, How's there's it? no pop. Like... <laughs> We talked about how, like, oh, it's kind of nice to not know everybody's finishers. But I'm like, when the crowd doesn't know it either. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's it. And um, we're done. <laughs> I, I was bored for this. I wasn't because I enjoyed them. I just, I do wish it was a longer match. I think it was fine, as, as is. I, I, I don't no, think No, because I like, I like these two people, and I would have liked I, to watch I like, them I like Finley. I am neutral on Alex Wright. So, well, the reason why I'm not sure if they're heel or face, because when he's leaving, they're like, more arrogance from Alex Wright. I'm like, well, that's something a heel would say. Or something would say about a heel. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know either. I do like how energetic Alex Wright is. He's just doing the most extra stuff. Like, but, he's so extra. I love uh, it. Really? Because to me, it seems like he's, he's Oh, no, I loved enough. it. Oh, no, I thought he was. But can we... Uh, Pop it up. Four. There was no um, 
to my knowledge, there was no reason there should have been a DQ during this match. You're right. I don't think there was. There was no biting. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention the biting made a return in the Meng versus Wrath match. That makes sense. Yeah. So, similar to the Billy Kidman WCW interview earlier, sorry, WCW.com interview, Ernest Miller's there. And this one also just fades out in the middle of talking. It, it's, it seemed like, honestly, it did seem like him and Lee Marshall were having fun with each other, but... This one did seem like it had more substance. But, there, I don't know, it's one of those things where it's, like, these don't seem like they're designed to have to be, like, substantial. It's designed to be like, hey, go here and actually listen to the substance. You know Fair. I mean? This one just—it didn't seem like yeah, you were just listening. Talking about all these nicknames he has, and Lee Marshall going, "There's already people with these nicknames. You can't call right. yourself this." But this seemed like they were actually talking about a topic when, yeah. in you know, Billy Kidman was just kind of like chit chatting like, about nothing. Like I just want to get a beer, beer with Lee Marshall after this. Yeah, right. <laughs> I want to drink with Tony the Tiger. So next up, we have the previously mentioned Lodi Ugh. versus Saturn, not Perry Saturn, just Saturn. I don't like Lodi in the um, in the former Flockmates match. Yeah, I'm not big into Lodi either. I think his gimmick is so stupid. I hate it. The fuck the sign thing. I don't like that. That was really dumb. And even like the signs that he did go for to like put up, they don't say anything. I love Texas. What does that have to do with the match? Wait, you don't like his Love Actually gimmick? That's not a Love Actually gimmick. <laughs> To me, you are perfect. Yeah, because he was saying that in the terms of a conversation with the girl, this guy was in a wrestling match with Saturn and said, I love Texas. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, I love Texas a little bit random. I, I think they overestimated how much of a feud between Las Vegas and Texas there is. Is there a feud? I don't know. I did laugh at, it's like when they were like talking about doing Lodi's entrance, he's like, been requested to be announced from anywhere in the world besides Las Vegas, Nevada. That did that make me laugh. And I'm like, that's such cheap heat, but I'm fine with it. I don't mind a cheap heat pop. Like, I don't mind that. So then Perry Saturn comes out and his beret and his mesh vest. Okay, they made a note saying that he looked like a, uh, what did they say, like an army? Well, he is a, Perry Saturn is a former army ranger. Yeah, but this outfit was not army ranger. No, uh, even the hat, I'm like. it's a No, that was not an army hat. That was like a... Like Kanga sort of hat, like a green beret kind of. Yeah, but th- what really threw me off was the vest he was wearing. It was like yeah. leather Not a great netting. Look. Not a great look. It it came off more dominatrix than army ranger. I heard. I assume this will be quick. Was it quick? I don't feel like it was that. I don't feel like it was quick enough. I think we actually one of the shortest matches, but it still felt it was dry. too long. <laughs> this is the longest squash match I think I've ever seen. So apparently. Saturn was Lodi's slave as part in, in the flock. Oh, what? Yep, just apparently within the flock, something happened and they were slaves. And the reason the flock no longer exists is because Saturn beat Raven and they had to disband. Oh my god. These uh, are some really flimsy stories. Yeah. So Lo- we both got annoyed by Lodi constantly going to the outside and going to get his signs. His signs. And holding up signs. And I'm just Stop like, taking my signs. Like, Leave my signs. Shut up. I'm like, this is a squash match. Like, this shouldn't be going this long. Mm-mm. But I did like Saturn's offense. He has a bunch of kind of suplexes and some slams. Again, like, they made Saturn look pretty good in this match. Yeah. And then, like, I looked at Nick during it. I was like, do you remember Moppy? <laughs> remember when they did the Moppy thing in WWF? <laughs> well, yeah, that was them punishing him. Still. He like... He went from this to Moppy. He did. He was part of the Radicals in between. Yeah, he didn't really do much in the Radicals, though. Fair. So Saturn hits a Death Valley driver and wins. 
I, th- I think I saw how much time it took up, and I it was like only like five minutes. I'm like, this felt so much longer. Mm. It really did feel very long. I just don't like the sort of chicken shit gimmick. I guess unless they do it f- like good, like they do with um. Oh, I'm blanking on his name now. In like current day, um, f- the ska. Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, yeah. He has, like, a chicken shit sort of gimmick, too, well, where he wait, hides behind think, people, think, and, like, that they do fine. I like that. I think that's fun. Like, this part, is dumb. I think part of that is because <laughs> you, you know Sami Zayn can wrestle. Fair. That's fair. It's, like, it's frustrating because Sami Zayn is a good wrestler, and it's, like, a, oh, I know, I, like, I know you could probably win if you, like, even if you fought clean, but you're being a piece of shit. Yeah. I don't know how much they're going to do with Saturn, but he looked good here, and I'm hoping to see much more of him than Lodi. I hope so. Next up, Nitro Girls again. Woo! Oh, also, no, uh, no, should have been DQ in this match. True. Still a bad match, but no DQ. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure the Nitro Girls were wearing colored wigs in this, uh, this instance. I think it was, there uh, were they four merged, total. They all merged together. I believe there were four total instances four of the five. Nitro Girls. Nope, just four. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure it was this one. They all came out in, like, colorful wigs. Halloween, huh? And that's all I have to say on the Nitro Girls. I didn't even get a Halloween vibe from the hats. I, Were they wearing hats? The, oh, there was one where they had cowboy hats. Oh, I missed that. Where I was like, oh my god, it's Trish Stratus gimmick. Did you say that? I missed that. No. Well. <laughs> Next up, we have part two of Disco Inferno's Night. Him versus Kidman. Not Billy Kidman. No. Kidman. Kidman for the Cruiserweight title. I think, what do you think of Billy Kidman's look? Okay, so I think that he looks exactly like... Bender from um, Breakfast Club. I don't remember the name of the actor, but that character Judd, in Breakfast Judd Club. Nelson. Judd Nelson. But he, I think he's only, pretty much only known for that. But like, when he came out, immediately at first I was like, ooh, this is a Jersey Boy hunk. And then as he kept going, I was like, oh no, that's that's Breakfast Club. <laughs> I think it looks terrible. Oh, I loved it. Well, I'm I, into that. I think, I think it's the... Um, Depending on if you want to, what insensitive name you want to call it. Let's just call it a white tank top. Let's just call it a white tank top. Here's the white tank top tucked into his... Jorts. (laughs) Yeah, his blue jorts. I said it looks like if Bret Hart originated in ECW. Okay, (laughs) I can see that. But, like, I didn't mind it. I thought he looked really straight, really good. work boots. Like, it just... I thought it looked good. He looked scrappy. Oh, but his finishing move is a shooting star press. I'm like, that's not what somebody does a shooting star press would wear. No, fair. Like, Raven should be in that. Raven's pretty close to it, but it's like, you know... Raven's very grungy. Somebody who brawls. Not somebody who's a fucking high flyer. I liked it, though. I was into it. Yeah, I... Oh, God. I also think Bender is really hot, so... Fair. (laughs) Yeah, so they keep talking about how Kidman should have the advantage because Disco Inferno already worked a match. And then Disco Inferno just just works him over for, like, the first 80% of this Mm -hmm. match. And I'm like, wow, you're making Kidman look like shit. Yeah. I did think it was a quick turnaround. He just, yeah. I mean, it was like what twenty minutes. We we talked about it, but I mean, there's there were two matches and a Scott Steiner promo, and a Nitro Girl segment. So, like, even the commentators didn't note that it was fairly quick. But it felt quick. Yeah, I think the, the commentators were even like, "Oh yeah, he's been backstage trying to keep himself warm," and then one of the other ones like, "Nah, he was taking a nap." Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I heard that. And I'm like, you can't. Nap. I'm like, you can't say it was really short and say he took a he nap. Took a nap. <laughs> like, make up your mind. But yeah, Kidman just gets worked over. Yeah. And worked over. And worked over. It's that whole underdog thing. And like, then he's Disco rise up. The Disco, hit, Disco hits his finisher. Well. And then Kidman kicks out. Exactly. <laughs> like, and I'm like, man, Kidman looks like a 
freaking jobber. Oh, I there was one thing that I absolutely hated in this match. All right. So I've noticed that in WCW more than WWF, they do more in ring kind of like talking to each other. Like in character, kind of like chit chatting, saying yeah, their like just, character just lines, like mouthing off, which I mouthing off, I yeah. Like. But <laughs> Disco Inferno had a line that he said to Kidman. I guess it's like one of his gimmick lines, but he like had Kidman on the ground, looked him in the face, and was like, "Kidman, turn the music down." Yes, mom. I was like, that was so dumb. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, re- I remember you noted that. I remember, like, half an inch of what he was saying, and then you, you pointed it out, and I went, yeah, it was a little lame. That was so lame. <laughs> what did you think of Disco doing the Macarena at various points? So you know how I feel about the Spinner Rooney? Yes. Both Similar to that. Thank God. Similar to that, I found it really dumb and almost insulting. It's, to watch, just, not to... It's just taunting. I don't like dance taunting. I think it's dumb. For those listening... I think the spin Rooney is the stupidest thing to happen in wrestling. All c- close to like current day, like Carmella doing like moonwalk sort of thing. I feel like that's dumb too. But I don't like dances. I don't like dance gimmicks. Doing the Macarena in the ring as a taunt—that's not a taunt. I'm, I'm laughing at you saying Ugh. the dumbest thing to happen in wrestling. One, I feel like our what we what we watch is going to uh, challenge your thoughts on that too. You're going to tell me nothing tonight was dumber than that. No, I still think dance gimmicks are really dumb. <laughs> there was one nice moment in this match because I, I was I thought this match was kind of meh for I the most it was part. Fun. Um, I did like Kidman is going for like a run up the ropes bulldog, and at the very last second, Disco turns and kind of turns it into like, it counters it into like a back suplex. Like it happened so quick, it was almost like I don't think even the announcers knew what to make of it. But Mm-mm. it was a nice little moment. Then Disco goes for another pile driver. Which keeps getting reversed into like a power bomb kind of thing. It's it's complicated because pile drivers are you can be very unsafe. So when people need to counter it, they're like, "Oh, I'll just lift you all the way through." Yeah. Wait. So pile drivers when now like when they need to get countered, it's like, nope, they're actually going for a power bomb. I'm like, were they? Right. Because Disco does the Macarena before going for the pile driver, mm-hmm. which then lifts all the way into a power bomb. Which Kidman then reverses into a face buster and then hits his terrifying shooting star press. He looks like he slips every time. And he it's does. really upsetting. And I've, I mm. know he's hurt. Like I think, I think he's only hurt one person with it, but I'm just like... You never know. <laughs> yeah. And then I know he's also landed on the ropes three inches to his right once. Which I think, oh, you showed me which that. Which I think we'll see. Okay. Except this kind of nothing match. I said Kid, yeah, Kidman looks lame for almost losing to somebody. Who wrestled earlier and like because the, the, the announcers are like oh he can't be fresh Mm-mm. or you know like Kidman has the advantage and it's like no he doesn't apparently Kidman got yeah it's like it was way too one-sided for most of it for somebody who was yeah. wrestling in the second match I thought it was fun I didn't hate it I thought Disco looked pretty impressive for it being his second match of the night uh, I mean, which is really better this match or the Disco and Hoovy match this match really okay. yeah I like I like Hoovy Hoovy really disappointed me. I really didn't like his style. I didn't like his moveset. I just didn't think he was a good wrestler in comparison. Hoovy's look just reminds me of early X-Pac, like one, two, three kid days. <sighs> Don't bring X-Pac into this. Why'd you do that? There are only a few wrestlers that I absolutely hate. Like, we'll yell at the screen, make make us turn it off, like change the, now, do you hate change Bo- the match. I hate him. Do you hate Booker T or just the spinnery? It, I think I just hate the spinner Rooney. Okay, good. Because I'm saying, like, yeah. like, we're about to see 
a lot of Booker T eventually. Everything about X-Pac I hate. Speaking of things we hate. <laughs> next up, we have Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell versus Scott Steiner and the Giant. Ooh. So I'm going to splice it in here, but do you notice like, the, the huge mouthful the announcer had at the beginning of this match? No. So he had, because the announcer had to explain the match and what happens if they win, and then immediately had to do the long NWO intro for Scott Steiner and the Giant. Oh, no. I it was like, this. yeah, it felt like like two straight minutes of this guy going. Halloween Havoc continues with this one fall contest for the World Tag Team Championship. In this match, if Team NWO loses, Scott Steiner will have to face his brother Rick for 15 minutes. Introducing team number one, they represent the black and white of NWO Hollywood. And tonight, they are defending the World Tag Team Championship. Introducing first, from Detroit, Michigan, Big Papa Pump, Scott Steiner! His tag team partner stands seven feet four inches tall. And he weighs 552 pounds. He is the giant. So yeah, that was a mouthful. And I mean, fair, because it took so long for us to figure out what this match was going to be. Yeah. And speaking of mouthfuls, the giant is smoking. Okay, yeah, that caught me off guard. He came out and he just had a lit smoking cigarette in his finger and was taking puffs on his way to the ring. I was like, do you, wow. know, do you know why he's smoking? Because it's 1998 and everybody smokes. <laughs> because apparently pa- Paul White, the giant, smoked a lot backstage. Mm-hmm. And Eric Bischoff went, okay, we're going to we're gonna have that be your gimmick too. That way you stand out. Being- he needs to stand out? He's seven foot tall. He's massive. He needs to stand out. We, it's like, oh yeah, we also want to make sure people know you're a bad guy. He's in the NWO! <laughs> I'm what? Aware, I'm aware. I, I I looked into I looked into the uh, why he, he had the cigarette earlier, and I just started laughing during it. Yeah, that's fucking annoying. <laughs> it's such a dumb yeah. reasoning. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, and additionally, so this is when they they do the you know like basically anything can happen on WCW pay per view, and I'm like, why don't you go to a restaurant and being like ordering like you know a burger, and they're like, oh, you don't know what you're gonna get. Surprise, it's spaghetti. Oh, Ugh, I hate that. So, I don't like... The more I learn about Eric Bischoff, the less I like about Eric Bischoff. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I hate him. Did you catch what what happened on Nitro to Rick Steiner? He got interrupted by somebody. No. He got interrupted by Chucky. S- what? The doll? Yes. Did I like black they, out? They they didn't show it. They just men they mentioned he got interrupted by Chucky on Nitro. Missed that. Yeah. <laughs> Not a whole bunch of context for it. Basically, Chucky was there to promote his new movie <laughs> and just interrupted Rick Steiner and mentioned maybe he'll have Scott Steiner in like one of his next movies. <laughs> Listen, like a, among the laziest like, pop culture references, uh-huh. like at least RoboCop did a fucking run in. What? That happened. What? Hum? <laughs> this is more late 80s. Robocop did a run and, and like someone was like stuck in a cage and they like bent, he like bent the cage <laughs> to like you know, like get in. Oh god. 
Like, that's why when you ask, is like, is this the beginning of the end? I'm like, well, they had a Robocop and, and the Shockmaster back in the 80s. The so, beginning is the beginning of the end, yeah. if you really want to go that far back. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, I like that, actually. I think that's better. Uh, would you have preferred Chucky to interfere in the match? Is that what you I would want? there was enough interference in this match. Don't even. Oh. Yes, you're absolutely right. This This was one of the first times I went... Shit, maybe the crowd isn't poorly mic'd. Maybe they just haven't cared. Because you know the crowd loves? Hmm. Rick Steiner. Yeah, why? I mean, the, the Steiners were a, an amazing tag team. Okay. And yeah, I guess they've just been doing a good job building him on TV. And, you know, Scott's been a piece of shit. So they want the brother to kick his ass. I guess, I guess I've kind of like, I don't know if I just, I just haven't been absorbing the fact that Scott Steiner had a brother. It's that Rick Steiner never hit the singles career heights that Scott Steiner did. So I think people very easily overlook him. Fair. Because you know what Scott Steiner looks like. Like, when you picture Scott Steiner, you picture Big Papa Pump, as you hate. <sighs> I hate that term. Here yes. are the Steiner brothers. That's oh. that one Scott. Wow. Is he a hunk? Is young Scott Steiner a hunk? Maybe. He's massive. Yeah. He's scary massive. With the uh, Dave Meltzer haircut. <laughs> He's cute in the face, yeah. but I feel like if he hugged me, he might accidentally kill me. Want a hug? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very small. Yeah, so like I'm kind of curious to see what they do with Rick's singles run here because I know it doesn't. I know it doesn't go anywhere too terrific. But does it last for a while? I we'll see. Oh, I, you I, don't I, know. I, I don't know. But like, it's weird the, that you don't know things. The crowd loved him. I'd say it was pretty back and forth option for the most most part. Until Rick hits a clothesline, and then it's like he has Scott pinned, but all of a sudden Buff wants to tag. Yeah. I, I, I do get annoyed when people stay down for story reasons. Yeah. It's like, it, it always makes me laugh how if you get punched during a match, you're fine. But if you get punched during a promo segment, you're like, not that cold. Yeah, no, it's the same thing with like refs. Like you touch them, they just are, they disintegrate. I always found that funny in, like, the pro- the promo segments with the wrestlers. Like, they can take a million jabs, but then the second they're in a promo and they're on the mic, like, you poke them and they just flop well, out. Like, come enough, on. I'm, I'm fine with that with, with refs. Ugh, but, it annoys me. Well, it annoys me too, but it's like, okay, that's fine. They're all made of glass. But then, like, when someone's a special guest ref, like, the, like the, the properties carry know. over. <laughs> so, Bagwell wants the tag, and then he just turns on Rick Steiner. Who could have seen that coming? And do you want to get frustrated about something? I'm already frustrated. <laughs> Honestly, with w- WCW, I could see this carry over. We have not watched the Nitro afterwards yet. We plan mm-hmm. on having that be episode two. Woo! We're gonna do, uh, we're gonna do the pay per views, and we're gonna do like the build to the pay per views as separate episodes. They might, depending on how much we have to talk about, there may be various parts for those. But think about this: Buff Bagwell tags in. He then turns on Rick Steiner. He then leaves. Rick Steiner never tags back in. Oh, so they should have been counted out. Yep. That would be a very WCW move to over, to overturn the title change because of that. Yeah. We'll see if that happens. Oh, that's annoying. But yeah, I realized I'm like, he he's the legal man and he just left. He just left, yeah. That that should have been a DQ count out. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Um, he low blows. I was going to ask. Yeah, so they... <laughs> There are, in, in in these two segments, there are four low blows directly in front of the ref to Rick Steiner. 
I will let the buff Bagba one go because it's weird if you can low blow your tag team partner. Yeah, but still. It's like you can't. Can you get disqualified by hitting your own partner with a chair? They shouldn't have a chair. <laughs> no, but there's chairs around. It doesn't make it okay. I don't. I don't anyway, know. So yeah, so Bagwell turns and the the, the commentators do a, a funny a funny bit of this of like. He got us again. I know many of you may have seen this coming. It's like... Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. It's like, <laughs> like, we all saw this coming, man. <laughs> I think you're the only one that didn't. So then Bagwell runs to the back. And Rick just gets worked over. Yeah. And worked over. And worked this over. And worked over. This is where it gets exhausting. Yeah. And I was... I, I actually wrote that, I'm like, the match probably should have ended there. However, they want to achieve a different goal. Because Scott holds Rick up for... The giant to hit a top rope drop kick, which <laughs> scared the shit out of me. Well, it scared you. I want you to think about the fist. If he hit it, what what would happen to Scott Steiner? Fair. That is a Oof. issue. A lot of people don't realize with the I'm going to hold him up and you hit a move. Like, how, first off, as we talked about, ninety percent of the time, the person they're going to hit moves, and then you hit your own partner. Yeah. There, it's like if you hit it, what the hell happens? It's like if you're going to go for a spear and then you're holding the person up like, like in front of you. It's like you're both going to get hit. You're both going to go down. So, yeah. Giant top rope draw kicks uh, Scott Steiner. His uh, his venture to the top rope was oh, yeah. questionable was, at best. He was unsure. He, he was wobbly. He was trying to find his footing. <laughs> Rick hits the Steiner Bulldog, which is a top rope or like a middle rope kind of bulldog and pins the Giant. New tag team champions, Rick Steiner and... Buff? buff? <laughs> Even that's just like, uh, who's his I partner? I guess it's Buff Bagwell. Yeah. And then, of course, it goes into overtime. Well, it wasn't really overtime. Well, it was if, like, if the titles changed, they had to go to the brother versus brother. They have a second match. It, it's it, the same match. Well, overtime implies that like, the tit- they can win the titles back. Yeah, that's that's part of the reason why I think they, they're going to change they're gonna change the uh, the titles back. Yeah. Is because... They don't know who the fuck Rick Snyder's partner is going to be. I mean, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we haven't been watching, so I don't even know who in story would make sense yeah. to, like, save the day, you know? I'll be your tag team partner. Like, I don't know who that would even be. Somebody fighting the NWO. I don't know. Ooh, what if but, it's Warrior? No. Uh, Whatever. You, no. We'll, we'll get to that. Okay. I, for, I forgot. After one of the low blows, the commentators actually acknowledge that, like, oh, the rules, the rules committee needs to take a look at that move. Oh, yeah. Because it happens so often. And they're like, <laughs> I know we've been relaxing the rules because... So old school, or old school WCW, and they brought it back at one point. If you threw your opponent over the top rope, you got disqualified. Okay. Because, you know, old school wrestling. Wrestle? Yeah. Wrestlemania. And, and top rope moves were actually banned. Oh, oh yes. You told me about that. Yeah, it, you know, it's it's old men trying to be like, oh, you can gain heat from this. Like, no, you're just mm-hmm. making matches less exciting. So they're like, yeah, we need to have the rules question. Look at that. It's like, are you telling me that's that's legal? That's the line. Like <laughs> all the other stuff that's you know DQable. That that's where you cut it off. Well, like, oh, now we got to look at yeah, it. Yeah, and we have. Well, we have the we have the fourth low blow to Rick during the um, the Rick versus Scott match. After Scott just tries to leave and go, no, I don't want to fight. <laughs> then Rick brings him back. So they actually acknowledge there was supposed to be the ma- this match originally, and it was going to be no oh. DQ. Yes, they do. But that no DQ thing had not been said prior. But they didn't say this match was no DQ. They said the original match. The original match. But yeah. what was the original match? The original match was going to be Rick versus Scott. 
So this is the original match? No, this is a rescheduled match of the same match. But it's also no DQ, so it is no, the no, same no, no, match. No, 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 this is not no DQ. I thought it was no DQ. No. Okay, guys, I wrote down, apparently this is a no DQ. This but is I them guess not. rescheduling that match. Because they changed the match and then they just rebooked it. It's not even rescheduled. It's stupid. <laughs> and yeah, the commentary starts to get annoyed about the, the low blows and the change of the rules. Um, so Scott, Scott tries to, uh, kind of leapfrog Rick when they're, you know, when he, shoots, mm-hmm. when he throws off the ropes and Rick catches him, hits him with a, a beautiful kind of power slam. Yeah. Like, I do like the Steiner's offense. So I did kind of say that this is another kind of like just big guy match. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. But it was entertaining. Like, I did enjoy it. Like, it was fun to watch, but it yeah, was the, just the, big the, guy the, versus the big lo- guy. The logic of a lot of it killed, killed it for me because... Then some somebody in a suit and a Bill Clinton mask comes to the audience. Did we confirm that it was a Bill Clinton mask? Yes. Okay, there was a question about that last night. <laughs> comes to the audience, beats up security. Stevie Ray from the NWO, Booker T's brother, comes down and hands this person a slapjack. So he's still in the mask at this point. Also, why did Stevie Ray come down? Because Stevie Ray just vanishes just, after this. Yeah, he just kind of appears and then disappears. Yeah. Like, why didn't he just break it out with him? I don't know. Because he came from the audience. Yep. Comes from the audience. And then he knocks out the ref. Knocks out Rick Steiner. I forget if he demasks first or not. But then it's, it's Buff Bagwell. Yeah. Why? Why were you masked? You've already turned on Rick Steiner. You don't need to turn again. <laughs> also, when they knock out the ref, the bell rings. Which you didn't catch. But it def- I went to, no time. It definitely rings. So it... The, the match ended. It should have been a DQ match because there's interference. Yeah. But he, he hit the ref. So, I, I've seen that happen where if you, you like, don't knock the ref, it's like, okay, the match is over. But now the ref, bell rings, and then Scott tries to pin Rick, and Buff takes the referee's like, arms and tries to count three. Yeah. And Rick keeps kicking out. Scott hits a top rope Frankensteiner. Yes. I did like the Frankensteiner. Yeah, no reaction for it. Though. I know. And Rick kicks out again. And then... Rick hits a, Rick turns the tide, hits a Steiner Bulldog off the middle rope. Then a referee comes down and counts the pin. Rick wins. Rick wins. Even though the match is over? Yeah. Question mark? I, I don't know. I, why Buff had to hide his face to interfere again and come through the crowd? Yeah, I don't know. Because he left through, like, the He ramp. went through the back, yeah, backstage. It was a mess. I thought Rick did well. It was it was a mess. I think I think Buff Bagwell was the reason this kind of went to shit. Probably. Also, oh yeah, so he also like Rick took out the giant at one point to have him not interfere, and this is one of those examples of like, oh, you get knocked off the apron. I guess you're dead now. <laughs> Just bang, you're dead. Yeah, bang, you're dead. Bang, you're dead. The one thing I did find funny was the uh, ref that got hit. He just kind of like, and Buff was using to like flop his hand Char- to count it. Charles Robinson for those because you know, he, sure. he is a current day WWE ref. Oh, is he? Anyway. While he was just kind of, like, lying dead in the ring, um, he just kind of got, like, thrown out of the ring. Just, like, ragdolled out of the ring off the side. Just got yeeted out of the ring. But props to him for being out of the way. Okay. We'll address this in a, in a later match. No, we... No, that is ne- not ne- next. Next, oh. next is Kevin Nash versus Scott Hall with oh, our first and only video package of the night. With their arrival in May of 1996, the Outsiders, along with Hollywood Hulk Hogan, established one of the most powerful organizations in professional wrestling, the New World Order. The 
Outsiders, Hall and Nash, together. They held the WCW Tag Team Championships on two separate occasions. And what an impact they have had on our sport, on the tag team scene, and obviously on the new world order. Closer than brothers, they were together by choice. This year at Slammarie, Scott Hall with one stroke broke all ties with his best friend, Kevin Nash. Scott Hall just hit Kevin Nash with the title belt. He knocked him out. What could have made Scott Hall turn on Kevin Nash? He's had a lot of personal problems. He wasn't in the right frame of mind. Uh, I know he'd been manipulated. Scott Hall let him down. What could have caused this? You know that I went through a little personal crisis and I lost a lot of money. I mean, the thing he continually says to me, you know, this is a business and it's about money. When Nash tried reconciliation, Hall struck again. And Scott Hall taps the jaw, big sexy. When we touched tonight, it was magic, and I thought we had it, and for him to do it, he did just... What could have possessed Hall to turn on his closest friend? Between me and you, it's all about the Benjamins. You're an embarrassment to me, and I used to call you my big brother. Gonna be able to do anything, but you know, maybe beat some sense into it. You don't tell me what to do, you big goof. But one thing about Scott Hall is, he's touched my last nerve. Bring your big seven-foot butt down here, and we're gonna get it on, big fella. I'm gonna say the words to you that hit a nerve like nothing else. It's last call. You wanna fight me? I'll fight you. I just lost my best friend because I don't know who the hell you are anymore. At Snickers Halloween Havoc, the former Outsiders Hall and Nash will battle for respect. Um, although, I, the voiceover guy, I I didn't realize it was a video package for the, them at first because he sounded like he was about to sell me a DVD. He yeah, was, he did kind of have that timbre. Yeah, he just has that voice of like, the rise and fall, WCW, <laughs> available now. But I'm like, oh no, this is um, this is them de- uh, documenting Scott mm-hmm. Hall's alcoholism. I'll give them props for actually telling us the reasoning behind this match. Like it has a story and it carries through the match. There is a story. Yeah, I. The Hogan has more. I don't think it's a coincidence that two of the guys with the most sway in the company get a video package. Uh, yeah. No, it's not a coincidence. But. Scott Hall's alcoholism and them making stories out of it. Thoughts? It's funny. Addiction is funny. It's a good. It's entertaining. It's bad. And once you once you like look into the behind the scenes of it, like how real his alcoholism was and how problematic it was. Yeah. It's sad. Well, do you know who thinks it's even more funny? According to this match, <laughs> Vince McMahon, no. the character of Kevin Nash. Yes, that's true because he kind of he came down with a drink. Well, no, no. So Emily has nope. this. So we'll address this now. Emily cannot tell Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Apart. I really can't. I even wrote. I don't know why they notes. are two very different looking men. I even wrote in my notes: blonde hair, Nash; brown hair, Hall. And I can't. I can't remember it. Well, so I have to keep well, looking. Yeah, so, so Scott Hall comes comes down to the ring, stumbling with a drink. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin Nash comes out, and Scott Hall suddenly then splashes the he drink. He throws the drink in his face, yeah. It's really his eyes. Yeah, whatever. And it's like, oh my god, he was faking being drunk, mm-hmm. but it's like, no, but he does still have a drinking problem. Yeah, so. he's faking it now, but before he yeah. was not. <laughs> Wait, are, are you trying to play he was faking it the whole time, or no? I don't or? think so. Yeah, so then, 
the Hall just works over Nash, hits him with a microphone. Mm-hmm. And then chokes him with a Also, table. where did the microphone come from? Did just, he just grab it? Just ringside. Okay. Because the microphone, the, the thump, D- came out of nowhere. DQ? Yeah. Again, should be. Especially the cable. Especially the cable. What was it? Right? Yeah. I mean, cable, sometimes when you have an illegal hold, you can, like, hold it for, you have, like, five seconds to break it. The mic shot is, is a weapon shot. <laughs> but um, I was saying, yeah, the character Kevin Nash just keeps making jokes about, like, you know, like, opening you know, open the ring, just... Oh, oh yeah, because he like mimed that he was uh, taking a drink of an yeah. invisible drink and then threw a punch. Yeah, and I like that kind of like caught me off guard too because in the match I, there was still that story going. Yeah, it's where, a, like, it's a it's a messy story. It oh, is messy. Who would have guessed Kevin Nash and Scott Hall tell a messy story, <sighs> messy self indulgent storyline? <laughs> For a hot second, I thought that Nash was trying to like get Hall to um, to hit rock bottom. During the match, I thought he wanted him to like confront was, his, you know, yeah, issue. That, that seemed like a storyline for about thirty seconds. This exactly. Match. Because yeah, so Hall works over Nash, and then and then, then they they do the choke spot, and then while Nash is getting attended to, Scott Hall just cuts a promo middle of the match. Mm-hmm. I don't like that spot. I've learned that I don't like that you know gimmick, whatever you want to call it. I don't like that mid match promo cut. I don't like that. Yeah, I. Depending on how it's used, I'm not a, mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to it in theory, but I don't think it worked here. Um, Most of the time, I don't think it works. Most of the time, I feel like it's self-indulgent and annoying. Because then after that, there's a very, very little bit of back and forth. And then Kevin Nash just works over Scott Hall. Like, there is virtually no, like, back and forth outside mm-hmm. of... Them, like, uh, they, they do, like, the exhausted, on-their-knees, punching-each-other spot. Yes. Which, I'm like, you're, like, five minutes into this match. You're not 20 minutes in. Yeah, I didn't really write a whole lot about this match because it's just... Like, I, I appreciated that it had a semblance of a story, but as a wrestling match, it came off as, like, dull and messy. Did you like Kevin Nash's... Bam! Bam! Yes. He strikes. <laughs> yes, so, yeah, that Kevin was Kevin Nash just, just starts, like, well, mouthing bam. off to Scott Hall in the corner, and he's like... You want a drink? Bam! You want a double? Bam! Bam! But like, every knee like, he's actually saying bam, and it just made both of us laugh. Okay, so I wanted to ask you about the um, NWO Wolfpack chant. Oh yeah, so there's a Wolfpack chant. This is where, this is a load-bearing um, couple minutes of chat okay. we're going to have here. Because I, I didn't understand, because you told me there were like different the factions NWO. of the NWO. So, there is the original NWO, which started with Scott Hall... And then he brought in Kevin Nash. And then they the third member was a swerve and it was Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. That was from Bash that was from ninety mid ninety six to apparently April of nineteen ninety-eight. Oh. Because then um there was a split. There was NWO Hollywood, kind of led by Hulk Hogan. Sure. And who, who was the heel group, and then there was NWO Wolfpack. Which kind of more the face group, like like Sting is part of that. Kevin Nash is part of that. Okay. They're like they're red and black as opposed to black and white. Okay. And all these have different you know members, and it's all stupid. We'll eventually get to NWO Elite, which is them merging. Okay. There's NWO Black and White because there's, there was also the NWO B team, which is like a subset team of the NWO. There's the NWO Two Thousand. Uh, in New Japan, there was the NWO Japan. There's the WWE NWO. 
There's also the Latino World Order, and there's the Blue World Order, both of which were... Blue World Order was ECW trying to poke fun at... at okay. Uh, Latino World, World Order was a group led by Eddie Guerrero that was feuding with them, but there's still like five or six iterations of the NWO. That's so many. Keep in mind, this is also when they were trying to have potentially have them be another brand. Right. Like how there's Raw and SmackDown, there would be WCW and NWO. That's a lot. Yeah. It is. <laughs> That's all I have to say on that. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. And Kevin Nash um, hits the jackknife powerbomb on Scott Hall twice and then just walks out. Doesn't even pin him. And Scott Hall wins by count out. Because Nash, quote unquote, proved his point. So he's let Hall win. I don't know. I th- that ending was horrible. Lame, I really lame, hated that lame ending. Lame match. Lame, lame ending. Lamer finish. Yeah. I God, that's a, that's a lot. Ugh. I do, I know you can't tell them apart. I don't particularly like Kevin Nash. I know people swear by him here and swear by him, especially in TNA, where I know he's apparently quite funny. Maybe my mind will change, but maybe I I don't think he's that good, and I've never seen the appeal. He's just big, big boy. Yeah, and he's all. in Magic Mike XXL, which I didn't and realize Magic until Mike last night. Are you ready for this? Nitro girls are back! Yeah! <laughs> My it. excitement is fake. Don't worry. I don't. I'm not. I'm not that excited about these women. I'm glad no none of the heels run in and like threaten to like beat them up. Fair. Which I'm sure will happen at some point. But next up, we have what I th- thought was a little bit of a dream match for like for me. It was Bret Hart versus Sting for the U.S. title. You said it was a dream match. Yeah, I mean Bret Hart was in WWF for most of his career. Before that, he was in Canadian, you know, Canadian mm-hmm. Stampede Wrestling. Like, he, to my knowledge, they have never wrestled each other. And did this live up to your expectation? No. I don't know how much it was supposed to either. Okay, because um, I didn't enjoy this match. Yeah. I well, was really disappointed by this. Yeah, we'll talk about it a little as we go. But, so, Bret Hart is a NWO, affi- like, he's not a member at this point of the team, but he's like, like a satellite member, kind of, you know, he's like affiliated, but he's still his own kind of guy. He's not wearing the shirts. Yeah. It, it feels like anybody who's part of the NWO or like affiliated with them takes three years to come out mm. once the music start, starts playing. It was driving me nuts. At he point. did take his sweet time. Like, I, like I, to the point where I thought there, there was going to be some sort of story. Yeah. And I was like, nope, just he's being late. Um, what, so you've only you've seen very limited bits of Sting. Yeah, almost nothing of Sting. Cause he, but you know Sting, I assume you know Sting with like the white face paint. I guess, yeah. So commentary mentions personal issues between these two. But they never tell us what the personal issues are. No. I have no idea why they're fighting. Yeah, it's Bret Hart kind of turned on the wolf pack and like, he's like, all right, I'm kind of friends with the NWO Hollywood. Heel turns your relative in, in WCW. <laughs> So, I could feel you getting annoyed with Brett stalling. I was getting so frustrated. I think if if Lodi hadn't done it earlier, I think I would have enjoyed this spot. This was extensive. This was I don't t- think it was more than his. No, this was ex- this was too much. I really found this annoying. I found it a little bit annoying, but I was like I'm like I kind of I, I like I'm going to blame Lodi for this because no. I just don't like that spot in general, I guess. Like just get in the freaking ring. Like just get in and do your thing. Get out. Like why are you why? You're getting worked. <laughs> Literally, this is heel heat you're, they're getting from you. Ugh, I hate it. They're, 
It's so annoying. According to what you're saying, Bret Hart did everything exactly right. Yeah, probably. He's a heel. I just found it really frustrating. So, Bret, for the most part, works over the lower back of Sting with kind of headbutts and punches. Mm-hmm. Sting gets Bret in the Scorpion Deathlock, which they kind of talk about how this is a match of two people who have the same move with different names. Yeah, it was Sharpshooter versus Scorpion. Uh, but Bret managed to get to the ropes once he's locked into it. So, Sting is able to get it on him. But, but it doesn't too close actually. To ropes. Yeah. Brett fakes a knee injury at one point and gets brass knuckles out. They have a spot. Which he immediately drops. Yeah. Like, almost immediately drops those brass knuckles. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it's part of, like, a spot because, Probably, because but, like, Sting ends up with them. What's the point of having them? Well, the Sting, ends up, Sting gets them. And Sting goes to punch Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. But the referee stops him. When the referee's back is turned, Bret Hart hits a low blow. He has the goddamn common courtesy to make sure the ref isn't looking. This would not be a DQ because the ref didn't see it. But also, why wasn't... Bret Hart is a goddamn professional. <laughs> why wasn't Sting with the brass knuckles a DQ? The ref saw he those. He didn't actually hit him. But he had them. Yeah, but that's the thing. If you don't actually succeed in cheating, you don't get DQ'd. Like, there's been matches where people have swung a steel chair and missed, so it's not a DQ. Ugh. So this match was largely just disappointing. Yeah, I was but unfortunately I, bored. I almost gave it match of the night for for that low blow spot. Just because he <laughs> adhered to the rules? I was getting so pissed at everybody else not following the rules that I went, you know what? I didn't get this anywhere hard, near hard match of the night. props to you. Shortly after, in terms of stuff that could potentially be a DQ, but not based on the evidence... So Sting accidentally back elbows the ref because he doesn't see it's the ref. Okay, so they showed, we like rewinded, and even in the rewind, I couldn't tell that his elbow actually made contact. Well, yeah, he probably didn't, el- he probably didn't full force elbow him in the, in the nose. No, I mean like the ref was was like t- a few inches away from his elbow when it like was fully extended backwards. It didn't look like he actually swung and hit him. I didn't even notice it. It... <laughs> This is what I was talking about. Like, refs are made of glass. They're well, little flowers. They're well, dainty. In, the, in this ref's defense, and I laugh my ass off at this, Bret Hart then does a leg drop on the ref oh to keep him down. And then the ref just, like, stays oh. dead in the middle of the ring. Yeah, that, that's what we were talking about earlier. So, Hart, he knocks him uh. out, and the ref is, he's laying down... Not necessarily in, like, the full middle of the ring. But, but like, close enough to but the But, like, middle. in the middle of, like, this one half of the ring. And he is constantly in the way. Like, yeah. most refs will roll a little bit. Or, like, shimmy. Yeah. Oh, he does shimmy. Well, <laughs> but, like, they're trying to do spots. And, and he's just in the way. in the way. And at one point, Brett does, like, a... Um, he's, like, patented kind of, like, elbow drop off a second rope. Mm-hmm. And he kind of grabs Sting, and when you, and you can see him actually kind of half grab the ref and be like, "Get the fuck out of the way!" Yes, I and thought, the ref I thought shifts I saw that. a little bit. He like shimmies over. Not enough <laughs> not because enough. they do a superplex, and Brett's legs just smash into the ref's legs, and I'm like, oh god, so, the ref deserved it. <laughs> well, I'm kind of curious. Well, I, I don't remember what the ref looks like, but I'm kind of curious if uh, Brett's gonna get a, a, a night off on Raw or not mm. because that. That's that's sore. There's no way that feels yeah, good. Like no you know, way. I mean, taking a bump is never fun, but like, just weird legs slapping legs. Like. <laughs> that ref was making me angry. I can't even imagine being in the yeah. ring with him. Yeah, and in adding to the disappointment in this match, we get to the finish. So Brett's in the corner, mm-hmm. and Sting goes to do his like his big splash in the corner. Splash. 
but Sting's apparently an idiot. Because his splash, he goes too high and hits his head on the ring post and knocks himself out in kayfabe. Yes. And then he's just out. It's like, it's not like, not like Brett like pushed him up in it and he did it. No, Sting's it, just bad at his job, apparently. Yeah. So Sting is then hanging over the top rope. Brett hits him multiple mm-hmm. times with, with the uh, baseball bat. But not on the head. Only I on, think, like, the shoulders. I think, I think it was, like, once was, was in the head. No, I noticed that, like, every hit that Brett did with the bat was, like, on his shoulders, on his back. It never hit him in the head. I thought I saw it. Which I but appreciate. Either way, he then uh, puts him in the sharpshooter, and the, they do the uh, the drop in the hand three times, mm-hmm. and Sting, you know, quote-unquote taps, and Brett wins. Yeah, Sting doesn't tap. Sting dies. I was... Because this, this is the match where he got pulled off with a stretcher, right? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. stretch mouth for what feels like 10 minutes. Oh my god, yeah. I was disappointed by the match. Yeah. I did, minus Sting being an idiot, I did like the finish. Because you have Brett win without Sting ever tapping out. Mm. Brett got to the ropes in, in the Scorpion Deathlock, but Brett never got the sharpshooter on while Sting was conscious. Fair. So... He could have pinned him, you know what I mean? It, it was very yeah, much a, a statement. Like, no, I'm putting this on you. See, you tap after this. So we'll see how much they follow through with that going forward. I, I like the finish. I was disappointed by the match. I was very disappointed. Because this like, is one of my I liked first... It, I mean, I liked it better than Finley and Alex Wright or even the yeah. second disco match. But it was... I haven't watched a lot of Bret Hart matches, period. Yeah. And so when he came out, I was really excited. Like, when I saw that he was on the card, like, oh, good, I'm going to finally see a Bret Hart match. Like, I've seen the Montreal Screwjob, but I haven't seen, like, a match that I don't know the outcome to of his, that I can remember at least. And I was just so disappointed. Um, Like, that's why I started asking you, like, when did the Screwjob happen? Did he take time off? Did Owen already die at this point? Like, I wanted to know if there was a backstory because I expected so much more. Yeah, we, we may have to on our own time. Kind of watch uh, a Brett match or two, mm-hmm. just so you can kind of see, like, oh yeah, this is what this guy can do. Fair, but, that's fair, because I, I really did expect to like be wowed by this guy. Yeah, because he has a reputation. Yeah, I'd say he has a reputation in WWF. He also has a very different reputation for WCW because okay. they kind of didn't know what to do with him. Disappointing, mm-hmm. and um, furthering that trend, we get to Hollywood Hogan versus Warrior. This is the only match from this show that we had that I had seen prior to this. How much did you even remember it? Of? I remembered the end. I did remember the botch. I remembered that. I say I know you don't remember the lead up to this nope. because there was no video package nope. again. No, there wasn't. Um, there was no video package, but they did show the Horace Hogan clip again. This is where I realized that he was like thirty. I don't think yeah. I put together that that was his nephew in the original, like, when they oh, first showed this yeah, clip. Yeah, like, it seemed like a, when the, in the clip, it's like he's, like, phased down for, like, 99% yeah. of it. So, yeah, I'm like, and they keep bringing up Hogan's brother is dead. Hogan's dead brother's kid. So, how did we get here? I, um, okay, so I did actually ask you this. I did ask you, how did we get to Warrior Hogan? So, from what I gathered... Hogan, bad guy. Hogan do bad guy thing. Warrior, good guy. Warrior, take down bad guy. The end. Why the warrior? Because he's good guy. So. I don't know. Because they said like their last match together was like eight years prior. So there's really no reason. Yeah. So we watched 
in in preparation for this, we did watch the only other <laughs> one-on-one match they've ever had, which was WrestleMania six, mm-hmm. title for title, Hogan and the Warrior. Mm-hmm. Warrior wins. Mm-hmm. Hogan kind of you know Hogan leaves WWF at various points. They never have a rematch. They're supposed to tag at various points, but never happens. They might at one point, but Warrior's con- so constantly in and out of the company. Yeah. Because he's a bit of a maniac. And this may be the most natural point to talk about an elephant in the room. Which is shitty people. We acknowledge on this podcast that some of the people we're going to be reviewing matches for are shitty people who have done shitty things. Yes. Yes, absolutely. We acknowledge these things. We, on many occasions fundamentally disagree with these people on these things most all occasions yeah all occasions i'm i'm saying i'm sure there's one i don't i don't know where uh, i'm like oh maybe it's a point but no, no i no, no. on yes you under, you understand what we're going for hogan we, is garbage chris benoit we're going to war, talk about i'm sure warriors garbage warriors these are these are garbage people we do not yes. condone what they have done we don't want to talk about very, their personal lives yeah they have bad views and that is their own business, and that's between them and people who want to hire them, and if you of you or don't want to watch them. I don't feel like we're giving any money to these people, considering it's it. on the network. And we're going to review these as wrestling shows, mm-hmm. and that's it. Hulk Hogan pulls some bullshit politics, in, in, and that reflects on these wrestling shows. His comments about races... Didn't happen until later. Don't come up as much. If it's appropriate, we we will talk about it. But especially in, in this match, we don't feel the need to talk about it. But no, that's how we that's yeah. how we see it. That's where we stand. Yeah, we vehemently disagree with yeah, this man. Like I don't think either of us. Are, I don't think anybody really approves of Chris Benoit. No. killing his family. Absolutely not. However, but we're he, going to be talking yeah, about him. We're He's gonna going to see come him up. and. It's part of the show, and we're going to talk about and it. And unfortunately, I do think that Chris Paul is a good wrestler, so I'm going to... Yeah, that's the, that's that's the, that's the hard part, because that's like... The, that's, that's, the, that's the unfortunate thing, too. Luckily, I don't like Hulk Hogan as a wrestler, so I'm not going to have an issue with him, but I, it's, it's going to be really difficult to talk about, and it's going to be difficult to, you know, have a, have a podcast that discusses these kinds of topics, but... Yeah. When we're talking about WCW, there's not a, a graceful way around it. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's how it is. Moving ahead. So Hogan comes out one week and talking about how nobody can beat him. And he's like, there's no warrior who can beat me. <laughs> just very randomly uses that verbiage. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. No, just out of nowhere. Like, warrior had not, not been in WCW at this time. Oh. So then the warrior comes out and then cuts a 15 minute rambling promo. You know, that man can ramble. We, uh-huh. we watched the, the plane crash promo, which do yourself a service. If you haven't listened to that, listen to that because oh, it's, it's so strange. Mess. It's weird. So cuts a 15 minute promo and kind of loses the mystique a little bit. However, warrior is now magic. He's magic. And can teleport in and out of the ring. Huh? When? Hmm? Including, there was a um, there was a war games match, which is basically there's two. It's like a double double long cage. There's two rings side by side. Okay. He was part of this match, 
but not really. He didn't really do much. So basically, he's supposed to come out. He appears in the middle of the ring and gets hit from behind by Hulk Hogan. Then it goes to black, and then he runs down the ramp and then beats everybody up. Okay. It's messy. It sounds messy. It's also messier. (laughs) Because, so they used a stand-in for him getting hit in the ring. Okay. And they use a trap door to get him in and out. Okay, so they don't, like, black out the... Well, they, they, they went to black, but... Okay, because, like, when they do teleports, I just assume they're blacking out the ring. He's, like, hiding under the ring or something and pops out. Yeah, for some reason. They made it on smoke. I forget how okay. much it went to black. But in this instance, they use a trapdoor. Okay. Cool. Fun. So the person they used to be the warrior who gets hit mm-hmm. is a wrestler um, going by the Renegade, <laughs> who debuted... Sorry, it's a TikTok thing. I'm sorry. Who debuted in 1995 as a warrior knockoff. Oh. So it's kind of like... Um, the Miz and the not Miz. What is this called? What is his name? No, not like that because they were doing. Uh, it was Damian Miz Dow. Miz Dow, yeah. But no, this is them. They were hyping it like it was the Ultimate Warrior, and mm-hmm. then they kind of got hit by a lawsuit, and then Hogan had to be like, "This is not the Ultimate Warrior, brother." It was just oh, because a, Warrior wasn't under contract. Correct. Oh, gotcha. gotcha it was gotcha. just a blatant knockoff. Gotcha. And, like, the theme song is, like, almost identical. Like, it's... They wanted the audience to think it was still Warrior. Yes. Gotcha. They were just trying to remake the Warrior. So, in terms of recreating the Ultimate Warrior gimmick, how much wrestling experience do you think the Renegade had? I'd like to believe a lot, but I'm going to assume very little. He was a male stripper. Oh, yeah, that tracks. That tracks. Which, like, to do the Warrior bit, yeah, like, you kind of don't need much. Um, I did say that Warrior was a hunk. The first time that we oh, watched Oh, yeah. In, in, in the uh, WrestleMania 6. Yeah. Of he hung. Um, yeah. Or so he was a hunk. Renegade ended up... The gimmick kind of fizzled out once um, the Ultimate Warrior kind of like went like, yeah, that's not me. This gimmick is gimmick infringement. And right. Because so what do you do with that after? Yeah. So they, they kind of... Um, they wrote off the gimmick. And he's like, he's still with the company. I think we'll actually we'll see him next month. Um, he just has a different gimmick. He's still the Renegade. He's still with the company in 1998. Yeah. Still with WCW Company. Yes. Okay. In the past, we've said still with the company. We talk about WWE. He's, so, in, in, clarifying. I think we'll see him next month on pay-per-view. Okay. So, yes. They used Renegade as a double who went in and out of the trap door. But the trap door was not known to everybody. Uh-oh. Because they're taking a bump on that trap. So, basically, because there's two rings. So, basically, you want to do all your matches in the other ring. That doesn't have the trap door. Uh-huh. Because somebody took a bump, took several bumps onto the trap door and fucked with their back something fierce. Oh. That man is the British Bulldog. Oh, no! And that's why Bulldog is so fucked in 99 because he fucked up his back and then then developed a massive painkiller issue. It's so sad. It's so avoidable and it's so sad that it happened. All right, can can I, can I, I'll try to lighten Yeah, let's go back. Because we're still in the build for this match. Like, we haven't even started the match yet. How do you feel about mirror spots in wrestling? Mirror spots? Hulk Hogan is in his locker room. And he sees the ultimate warrior in like in, in his mirror. And he's like freaking out. And then Eric Bischoff comes in. Eric Bischoff can't see the warrior. But, the, but the audience can. Just like weird, like supernatural, goofy kind of. Oh, I like that. I think that's you cool. You like that? Yeah. Now, how do you feel that Hogan's deemed crazy because he can see the warrior? He can see the warrior. But the audience can too. 
So isn't Eric Bischoff the crazy one? Because he can't see the guy? That's a weird gray area because maybe we're just seeing what Hulk sees. Yeah, um, OSW has a, has a video mm-hmm. on Mirror Spots. Mirror Spots are rarely done well, but they usually make for great comedy. And this is among them because it's... it's Picture Hogan acting petrified. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I'm a picture, sucker for picture magic. Picture the star, star of Mr. Nanny acting petrified. Listen, I'm a sucker for magic. I love a supernatural gimmick. I love that kind of stuff. I love but I love I, magic, it, period. It, it, I'm a Harry Potter feel, nerd. I love... It doesn't feel warranted. Like, I don't care. For me, I like I'll, it. I'm saying for the warrior. Oh, yeah, because now all of a sudden he's magic. Yeah. He wasn't magic before. No, he yeah, that's fair. If somebody like The Undertaker was doing that, I think I'd be on board. Well, he has. Okay, I think I'm on board with that. Although, see, the issue is sometimes they go overboard with it. Yeah. Because they do mirror spots on Undertaker. But then they also had a different thing with The Undertaker where Randy Orton was talking to his dad. And all of a sudden he turns around and Randy Orton's dad's face is covered in blood. But Randy Orton's dad is like, is, is like no-selling it. Because he doesn't see it. <laughs> Like, I love that. I think that's sick. I think that's so, so cool. That's so stupid. That would have gotten me. Oh, I love that. I think that's so cool. Ooh. I love that. I'm a sucker yeah, for I supernatural. Like are, I feel like you are willing to embrace the, the, the shit elements of wrestling more than I am. Yes, I am. I, I, I have an odd level of traditionalism and also Ooh. loving hokiness. Oh, I love um, hokey. I do love... To an extent, I love hokey. Yeah. So, we kind of touched on it. So, this is technically not... Warriors' first match in WCW. However, he has done virtually nothing. It's been all of, like, in like team matches. Okay. Like I don't like like you know the, the War Games thing was a match, but he like attacked people and left. He was in a tag team match. It was him and Sting versus Bret Hart and Hogan, which I laugh at Hogan and Bret Hart teaming up because Bret Hart hates Hulk Hogan. Does he really? Yeah, because Hogan fucked, Hogan fucked him over. Fuck Hogan. Sting worked like the entire match, and I, I don't even know if Warrior even tagged in. I haven't gone back to oh, watch really? it. Oh, really? Yeah. So, ooh, ooh. Mm, I don't like that. Yeah. So this I would is, have been pissed, too. This is his first one-on-one match. Okay. In but, WCW? But that was, by the way, that was also like a Nitro match that wasn't a pay-per-view match. Okay. The, the War Games one was, but okay. the tag team match was just... So this Nitro. is his first singles match in WCW? That I know of. First, okay. first one to note, I'll put it okay. that way. That's unfortunate. Um, oh, quick question for you. Mm-hmm. How many people are in the One Warrior Nation? I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> you would be correct. <laughs> you bitch. <laughs> By the way, One Warrior Nation, O-W-N, do you get it? It's N-W-O backwards. What do you think? It should have been like O-M-N. That way it's like, or like O-M-U, that way it's upside down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. How many people are in the One Warrior Nation? I have no idea. It's two. Oh, really? Is I thought it... it was a fan base thing. No, the One Warrior Nation is, there's two people in it. It is the Warrior, and then it is the Disciple, a.k.a. Ed Leslie, a.k.a. Dizzy Golden, a.k.a. Brutus the Barber Beef- Beefcake, a.k.a. Zodiac, a.k.a. the Man with No Name, a.k.a. the Man with No Face. Keep going. Oh, God, I can't. <laughs> Once again, OSW has a great video on this. I've showed you this. You the, have. The, the many gimmicks of Ed Leslie. I want to see if you can... Go- Eddie Golden, Dizzy Golden. Isn't it like 11... Is it more than that? It's 20-something. I wanted to see if you could rattle them all off. No, I I can't. But, yeah, the Disciple became one of the people in the One Warrior Nation. But there's only two. So how can it be a nation? A nation of two? Are you fine with it being one? No, it's not a nation. That's why I I thought it was like a fan base thing. See, I'm taking issue with the fact that it's one... I guess it it only only is one warrior. 
Fair. It doesn't matter how many people are in the nation. There's one warrior in it. Yeah, one I'll, warrior. It's still better than uh, when they tried to make the, the group of fans the C Nation. Oh, for John Cena. Yeah. Yes. That's that, that's dumb. That didn't work. Oh my god. I wonder how I I I wonder how long we spent killing time before actually getting into this match. You really want to talk about oh this match, do you? So I ele- do. Let's ele- go. Elephant in the room. This match has minus five stars from the Wrestling Observer. Okay, I didn't. You told me this last night before we like ended the night. After we watched it, it was after we watched it. But I don't think it was that bad. Like I didn't. I didn't think it was a good match. I didn't think it was that bad. So I watched this twice. Once to take personal notes. One to kind of do, you know, loose play by play for the matches. This is real bad on its own with two months of build. Fair. It's even worse. That's fair. And it's just like, this match is terrible. Like, it's, is it, is it so bad it's, it's funny to watch? I don't think so. Because we've watched. I didn't find it funny. Because we've watched the triple doomsday cage match from Uncensored oh, 96. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's comedic with that's how, ridiculous. how much it falls apart. Ugh. This just is going nowhere. And taking its time. I was going to say, this is even nowhere fast. It's, it's going nowhere Real slow. Well, because Hogan like leaves the ring early on, and they go, Hogan has really slowed this down. And I wrote, I bet it's gonna stay there. Well, didn't they say something along the lines of like Hogan slowed it down, but Warrior's gonna speed this back up? But they didn't. It did not because it starts with some arm wrenches, some stomps, and then the t- the t- the the test of strength. Okay, so the test of strength is the, is the hand things, right? Yes, which they did I, in their original match. So I think this is the. Hands down, worst move in wrestling. I oh, think yeah. I might have told you this before. It is so unesthetically pleasing. It would doesn't. It, would it shock you to learn it's from like the seventies? No, but that doesn't make it less bad. That doesn't make it not the worst thing because like you're just holding somebody's arms. You're not even like it doesn't even look like you're, you're applying pressure. Like pressing. It doesn't of, look like yeah. that though. It looks like they're just holding hands, and then they get one person on their knees, and if God forbid you switch the camera angle, it looks like they're sucking the person's dick. And yeah, it's, just, it's just we've all seen those get that one. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't even look like they are doing anything to the other person, and they hold it for so long. This this spot probably, was the majority probably, of the match. I don't know about that. I don't know the majority. I mean, it, it, it's probably at least two minutes. It takes so long for nothing. Because they aren't doing anything. It's not even like they're twisting the wrist or like anything. Like they're doing nothing. Yeah. Ooh, I hated it. I hated it I so much. I don't even know how they... I don't remember, remember how the hell they get out of that spot. I just know we both laughed hard because Hogan's running and Warrior drops down. And Hogan kind of just like stumbles into the ref and like bumps him. And, and then there goes the ref. And then drops a knee on him. <laughs> Yes. And I think this is while I think this is while it's, the ref is down. Hogan is trying to drop like elbows onto the warrior. Warrior keeps rolling out of the way. Mm-hmm. And then Warrior rolls into Hulk Hogan's legs and Hogan takes a bump. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I so I did keep track of the number of slams uh, in this match. Oh yeah, you were counting. How many slams? I think you said like three? Four. Four. This is a fifteen minute match. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, you. May, I know you made note of like when the first offensive hit was. I didn't. I didn't time that. It was more me like like Jesus. This is. <sighs> there are four slams. Other than that, it's just punches and. They stayed in that hold for too long. By the way, it's four slams, including the fact that there are run-ins. They don't even slam any of them. Mm-hmm. 
I I can't get over that. Like they, it's the fact that they've done it before too in their last match. I oh, I hate it. It's so, so it's ugly to watch. It's it's stupid. So while the ref is down, uh, the giant comes down to interfere, and Hogan holds Warrior for Big Show. To, sorry, yeah, they did it. I, I knew I was I was trying to not call him Big Show, and I, know, I still it's did hard. it. The giant kicks and Warrior moves, and he kicks Hogan. Mm-hmm. Warrior then knocks the Big Show out of the ring. The giant. Sorry, the, God damn it! <laughs> knocks the giant out of. The, he's only here for like two, for like two more months, so I am good. I can. Make, I, I don't hate the hair though. Can I just say that? Oh, true. Yeah, I kind of like hair. his hair. I, I can't stop. I can't. <laughs> so he knocks the giant out of the, the giant and his hair out of the ring, <laughs> and then like two more people get up on the apron, and the warrior knocks them down. And then he goes to pin Hogan, mm-hmm. and does his like like his like self count thing. Yeah, yeah. Hogan got kicked. Yeah. By the giant. That's all it takes. Yeah. That's all it takes. Well, well, relatedly, they get hit. They vanish. Oh yeah. Where do and they don't they like kind of come down one after the other, and just Warrior just kind of takes them all out one after the other, and then you, they just kind of like you're, you're describing walk by. that way too interestingly. <laughs> they kind of all get on the apron, and Warrior like punches them. They, I think well, the Giants the only one to actually get in the ring. Did he get in the ring? I didn't yes, think he, he did. Yes, he did because he, he, he throws the kick and hits Hogan. I thought he did throw up. That's no. <laughs> but yeah, it was so, it was just like ah, oh, you got me. Guess I'm done. Like so, then the ref comes back to life. Yes, just in time for Hogan to take off his belt and, and whip him. DQ. DQ. Oh, we lost track. Of him. I think it's like really like three or four. Oh, yeah, I even wrote that down. It's like, belt whip, that's fine, I guess. Like, so it's not fine. The warrior manages to turn things around and goes for his, and goes for his, like, his finisher is, he does, like, the, the military press into, like, into the splash. Sure. So it's kind of debatable which one's his finisher in terms of the splash or, or, or the press. He goes, he goes for the splash and misses. The crowd doesn't react. No. They really don't. They don't give a shit. You know what else they don't react for? Hmm. Hogan trying to throw a fireball. Mm-mm. Oh, the fireball. Uh, the fireball. So if somehow match. you don't know the ending to this match. I love this. Emily, what's supposed to happen? So I think that Hogan is supposed to, like, pretend to, you know, be hurt and you know, take a minute on the side. while They openly know. show him having flash paper. Yes. And he, a lighter. Basically, Hogan is not supposed to be magic. No. <laughs> He's not meant to, is that what, was that supposed to happen? No, he is not meant to like Kamehameha. Okay. <laughs> because it, okay, so what was supposed to happen was Hogan, you know, goes into his tights. Like, I guess he's got a lighter in his underwear or something. He's just hiding it. He had a whole bag of just stuff. Yeah. So he had like a piece of flash paper and a lighter and he was supposed to like light it and throw this big fireball at the warrior. He kind of made it like the warrior sold it off as like, you know, Og afraid of fire. Was that like well, supposed to? Like it, it's well, think about warrior selling that uh-huh. assuming the fireball was there. That's a I don't want Oh god, I, yeah. No, that's a shoot, shoot fire is coming at my face. Yes. I'm going to protect myself and I'm going to sell this. But it That's why he flinches, and then, but Hogan goes to throw it, it doesn't go, so then I think he lights it again, and it just goes up in Hogan's face. Yeah, it just lights immediately in Hogan's face, takes his eyebrows with it, apparently. Yeah, and then they just, they stall. And it's very clear they're stalling. You said that was supposed to be the the finisher. Yeah, that was supposed to be the finish. Which, you know, props to them, because they did have a few more run-ins that looked like they were planned spots. 
So yeah, if, if that was planned those, off the fly, great it, for them. It, it was planned off the fly. However, I think I don't want to go back and rewatch it no. again. Not worth it. They they kill a lot of time while people are trying to figure stuff out because Warrior notice. just kind of beats them down. Then they do yeah. they general do, grappling. Well, they do two they do two top rope axe handles, which like normal wrestling one of those always gets countered, and so little attention is being paid to to this. Hogan hits his finisher. Hogan oh, hits really? the, Hogan hits the leg drop. Oh, I miss that. Yeah. Because no one's paying attention. <laughs> well. They're in such panic mode. They're like, I, I don't know. Uh, finisher, fuck it. Fuck it, yeah. Because he hits leg drop and then Warrior like hulks up, for lack of a better term. Yes, I did notice that. I also noticed that Hulk did not. He's a heel. I think he's kind of stopped okay. doing it at this point. That That's really a face move to okay. kind of... I wasn't sure. He's doing it in WWF as we're watching, so, but I don't know. And additionally, especially during the Hulk up, and I've seen this before, I have an issue with the Warriors in-ring work in one aspect. He doesn't know how ropes are supposed to kayfabe work. If you bounce off the ropes, what direction are you supposed to go? Toward... Back the way you came. Yeah. He hits the ropes and then takes like a 90 degree turn, hits the ropes on the side next to where he hit. Oh yeah, he kind of like goes on a diamond. constantly. Oh. Not even a diamond. Like, I, I, I mean, I guess a little bit, but it's like a... Yeah, like that's forward, not how the ropes no. work. You're I killing Kayfabe. I was like, he did it really badly down the home stretch, but I, I've noticed him do that before. He's the only person who does it, where he'll hit the ropes and then he'll like, weirdly like shimmy over 90 degrees. And I'm like, that's not how this works. So I keep meaning to ask you, and I always forget... Um, so Nick has done some, you know, kind of freelance work for local wrestling shows. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Are the ropes as bouncy as they look on TV? (sighs) Bouncy is relative because it is, it's aircraft cable with like tape around it. So like you do, like if you got to like literally throw to them, you would bounce off. Okay. But they're stiff as fuck. Okay. Like I've, I've actually, I bounced, I like went to like, you know. Do like the back bounce off the ropes, and I went, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I was like, "Oh," because they look a lot springier. They look yeah. more, you know. And yeah, it's not, it's not based yeah. on how much how much you, you, you tighten it. Like that, right. you know, like certain guys kind of complain. It's like, man, those fucking ropes are like way too tight. So okay. like, there is a there is a sweetness level, and they do kind of like check them out. Um, I never, I don't know why I've never asked you that, but I've always wondered. They're stiff, but like they kind of hold. So if you were to be thrown into them. They have just enough flexibility that you would bounce back. Okay. You wouldn't bounce back in the way, you know, you wouldn't keep holding momentum. Like, there is some... Right, right, right. Um, there's actually, there's a great uh, gif of some some indie company, and apologies for not remembering what it is. So a guy goes to Irish whip his opponent like, like, across the street, and the guy who's getting Irish whipped stops to check both Which ways way? <laughs> and then runs and then like runs you know like 40 yards into like the wall because he didn't hit any ropes to stop oh that's funny yeah okay like, that okay. is funny so there i mean there's a lot of kayfabe going with ropes but like it does it takes some out of you okay like it, it is very common for new people who are new to wrestling to like develop like back calluses and like how their backs get fucked up from the ropes we, we watch tough enough and they, they exactly it, yes that is a very real thing okay i would like to run the ropes one day so we get to the actual finish, or the new finish, which is <laughs> yeah. Horace Hogan and Eric Bischoff coming out. Does Horace Hogan actually come, like, to the ring? No, he just kind of, yeah. like, he's on the ramp. 
He, Does he come in the ring? He hits the chair shot. Did I have a stroke? I think you did. Oh. Eugene? Because <laughs> Eric Bischoff then grabs the, the ref in a headlock, like over the ropes. Horace Hogan comes in, hits the Warrior with one of the weakest chair shots, like to the back. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. And then the okay. Warrior's knocked out for like 10 minutes. Yeah. That's how they ended it. And then Hogan pins him. Yeah. And that's it. Amazing. And then um, Hogan tells Horace that he passed the test. Oh, so that was all a test. See, that, see, that's why I think, like, it it did well in, like, catching itself. Like, it stayed within the kayfabe uh, story. I mean. It finished the match. Like, it, oh, it so still are you worked. Are you telling me that Hulk Hogan beat the shit out of his nephew, mm-hmm. and then his nephew came to help him, and that made sense? I'm not saying it made sense. I'm just saying that story-wise, they brought it full circle in a pay-per-view. I'm giving them more credit than they're due, but yeah, on for, giving a, them way too much for an on-the-fly decision, for an on-the-fly plan, I'm going to give them a little However, bit of credit. I don't think Horace Hogan and the Warrior ever interacted, no. so that still leaves the fact that the issue between the Warrior and Hogan... Stands. Yeah. Oh yeah, so then they try to then they spray lighter fluid on the warrior and then, like murder him <laughs> before him security fire. interferes. He's magic though, it's fine. So thoughts on the match. Um <laughs> What score did I even give this? I did score oh, all of them. I scored every match. Okay. I gave this a four. You wow, you I are know. very forgiving. I know. Um So this is Warriors final match in WCW. Really? He will appear on Nitro and that's it. Is he done for for good then? Cuz like he hasn't come back on WWF. No, he already came back on WWF at this point. He had a he had a, a, a run in 96 where he came back for a little oh, bit. But like it's 98, is he yeah. done? Uh mainstream wise, yes. I think Does he, he do, like, indie rest, Yeah, very little. Yeah, like I, I know like his most notable like last match is he wrestled a guy called Orlando Jordan. So yeah, other than that match, nothing too notable. Uh, although if you want a bit of comedy, so he came I back. He came back for a match at WrestleMania 12, which had been 96. Okay. In which he absolutely squashed his opponent. Who was his opponent? Do you remember? Yep, because it was their first WrestleMania match. Oh no. The Ultimate Warrior squashed Triple H. I was afraid you were going to say Triple H. Oh no! Yep. Hunter Hearst Helmsley? In which Triple H has completely flip-flopped like, both directions on whether or not he was fine with this or not. <laughs> yeah, same. I would be too. Because yeah. like, in one instance, it's the Warrior. He's kind of an icon. Second, you got fucked. Like. <laughs> yeah. So, the okay. little bit you know, because this mm-hmm. has been debated. Hulk Hogan... And the Warrior only fought once before this. Yeah. In which the Warrior won. Yes. Did the Warrior get hired just for Hulk Hogan to get, to get his win back? Probably. They dispute this, but it, like, it definitely, everything points towards. I'd say, yeah. Yeah. I, I think I have to agree. Like The amount that they are pushing Hulk Hogan and the NWO and the amount that WCW loves Hulk Hogan, obviously. I think it's, they would not hire someone just to beat him well, down. We're, we're I mean, we're really out of peak Hogan for but WWE. they still love him. Yeah, like, I mean... Can we look back on how many NWO spots there were? Like, there is not NWO without Hulk Hogan, in my eyes. Yeah, oh yeah. So, like, no, they love him. They will never make him look bad. Mm. What? Intentionally. So, yeah. Terrible match. I don't think it's even worth watching to laugh at. 
And the fact that that's the second time I've seen that match is Yeah, sad. I think it, I think it is I mean, it's terrible on its own. I think it's worse if you're if you're watching week to week. I think you mm-hmm. lose a little bit of the terribleness if you're just watching on your own. Fair. So we're now we Last are on Last match of the night. To the main event. It is WCW champion Goldberg versus D- Diamond D- Dallas Page. It's me. It's me. It's DDP. And we also get appearance from Michael Buffer. Woo! Ah, you got I mean, it's the it's the let's get ready to rumble guy. Oh, I forgot what his name was. Yeah. I didn't know his name. Okay, Michael Buffer. Yes, that is that that was cool. That was very cool. Do you want to know Michael Buffer's WCW paycheck? Oh no, I don't. Because <laughs> this man was making so much money. Buco bucks. Ninety eight, ninety nine. He was on every Nitro and had a $25,000 appearance fee. Does the, hold so on. So he made 64 appearances, totaling $1.6 million. For a company that's going to go bankrupt. <laughs> and for, they, I think they were losing money this year. Basically, so WCW as a whole lost money almost like every year of existence uh-huh. until, I think it was 96-97, made so much money, literally like, like over... Like cancel out all the losses ever had. Oh wow! And then it went back to. <laughs> so yeah. hold on, did and, the Michael Buffer "Let's Get Ready to Rumble" did that come from Nitro? That's a. I think that's. A, I'm pretty sure that there's a boxing thing first off, but he has the trademark for it. I knew he had the trademark. I didn't really. I didn't know if that actually. I'm pretty like, sure that's from boxing. Okay. But yeah, he appeared here. He announced one match. He didn't even do the whole uh-uh. pay per view. How much did he get? Twenty five thousand dollars. That's the transfer. <sighs> He said one sentence, and he got twenty. No, nah, he did a couple. I was just... <laughs> oh, he did announce the wrestlers. I, I, I yeah, wrote, I wrote it like he's not worth what they're paying him for, but he was fantastic. I thought he this. was. He absolutely was. It's not like he just came out and said the catchphrase left. He actually like announced the match, announced the wrestlers. Yeah, because if you ever actually listen to what he says about each of them, mm-hmm. it's pretty great. Especially I listened to a little he, bit of it, especially when he does like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> did he say something kind of silly about DDP in this? He's, he had like maybe, something silly about maybe. one of them. I don't remember. I think, are you laughing at, he's from the he's from the Jersey Shore, by the way of the school of hard knocks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> by the way of the school of hard knocks. You're from New Jersey. Are you by the way of the school of hard knocks? I'm wondering if that's in <laughs> Canada because, wow, weird, what? well, we're tie-in here. He's from New Jersey. <laughs> well, all right. So what, what, uh, what paper for you did we talk about the last time? WrestleMania 18? No, that last one uh, Hogan and Warrior were at. Oh, six? Yes, and per our WrestleMania 18 pilot that went over here. Good, it was bad. <laughs> what was DDP doing at WrestleMania 6? Because he was there. Oh, he was driving the car, wasn't he? He was driving the Honky Tonks Man car. Yes! So it's strange that DDP is main eventing the rematch of the main event of that pay-per-view. That's that's kind of strange. That's so cool, though. Yeah. That's like a weird small world coincidence thing. Ooh, that's cool. You go DDP, even though I'm not a fan of you right now. We'll I would get, say we'll did, get there. Did, did this did this sway you? Did this sway a you in bit, DDP? Not not to the not to the amount that the Raven match did, but a little. Is it is it nice seeing him? Beloved. Yes, it really is. And, and not being cheer with Jim Ross going, DDP is a stalker. Yes. It, He's it's, a pervert. He's a sicko. They really, like, 
the the invasion really just wanted to fuck over every pot, every person from WCW. I'm convinced of that at this point. What did you think of DDP's hair? Because <sighs> when we met him in WWE, yeah, he has the well, he will have the short haircut in WCW. It was somewhere. very flock of seagulls. <laughs> it is very fluffy. <laughs> I, it was not my favorite DDP look. I think the short hair looks much better on him, but uh, not my favorite. Yeah, I don't know exactly when he cuts it. I don't think there's a hair versus hair match. I think he just gets a haircut. Okay. I could be wrong. And I, I you were gushing a little bit <laughs> over the big gold belt. I love that oh, belt. It's so beautiful. It's such, it's an objectively better belt than anything that, rest, that WWE has. Do you know why WWE has their current stuff? Because of that belt? No, I don't know. They have the stuff they have now is because of branding. Mm. Because people kept buying what ended up becoming the World Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Like there is video of the Green Bay Packers winning the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers holding up a World Heavyweight Championship. Mm. But the WWE logo on that is this big. So they want to make it bigger. So they want to make sure when people get have this belt, everyone knows it's a WWE thing. It's not just championship belts, <sighs> which I sucks. I I that know I that might be the best wrestling belt ever. It's so good. Some of the earlier WWE titles are pretty close, but it, that is absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's at this point after GDP comes out, where if you were watching live back in 1998, you would not have seen the main event. Yeah, Nick um liked to take you know. Take note of that and immediately turn the TV off. Yes. I, I was very confused. A, a, an authentic experience. <laughs> so if you're not aware, the uh, broadcast went long. And the pay-per-view was only, deter- you know, was only scheduled to be three hours. So at the three-hour mark, the pay-per-view cut out. But the pay-per-view runs three hours 15. <laughs> yes. This is where I make my case that the Nitro Girls... Should not have been on the pay-per-view. Okay. Because you cut the Nitro Girls, you have enough time. There would have been enough time. Maybe. How, it would have been close. However, I also, I, lo- I was looking at this. It's always a question of, how did this go over? And I, I point to two things. Because you can kind of make cuts for a little while before then. Mm-hmm. Sting. Sting took about ten minutes to get carved out, it felt like. It was a while. True. He really, it, they did and, take their sweet time. based on the fact that it was a botched finish... Warrior and Hogan went over. So with the combination of the two of them, I think that might be where you lost the time. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was totally on the Nitro Girls. But I'm saying, hypothetically, you cut the Nitro Girls, you got enough time for this. Or at least the match has started and you can communicate. You got five minutes. Exactly. I don't. I honestly don't think the Nitro Girls took up 15 minutes of airtime. They appeared four or five times. But that, I don't think they appeared for like maybe two, a minute two, each. I, think two, I would say two minutes each time. Okay, so that's, what, 10 minutes? 10 minutes. So and they could have cut five, yeah. I guess. Um, because some of that is also celebrating. You can kind of cut the handshake and stuff at the end. Still. But, uh, Whoever was to keep in the time was yeah. not doing well. Well, and it's funny because that is, that is still a thing to this day. Yeah. Is needing to hit time. Because we talked about how I've done, I do lighting and I've done lighting for Ring of Honor. I've been backstage and they're like, they need to go home right now. We, we need to like finish this match because we're going to run out of time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Jesus. But well, it's a real thing. So we kind of talked about it earlier because you're talking about how you didn't like the pumpkin being in the way. Yeah. So there's the tracking shot of Goldberg coming out. Yeah, that's classic. Room. 
I loved the shot of basically him in like in like from like gorilla position, like the t- like, and like the tunnel coming out, where it's just his back and you see the entire. Yes, house. I, I, I did think that was. Cool. That's one of the most like cinematic things I've like seen in wrestling. And like once he's next to the pumpkin, the camera like comes out and around yeah. in front of him. Yeah, that um, looks really great. We kind of skipped over the Kevin Nash got a fuck ton of pyro, but Goldberg gets <laughs> a lot of fucking pyro. Yeah, Kevin Nash gets pyro, but uh, Rick Goldberg Fl- gets pyro. <laughs> Ric Flair will also get a fair amount of pyro once he Good. shows up. I'm kind of surprised. I don't think Hogan did. I could be wrong. I don't remember there being a lot of pyro for him. It wasn't a notable amount, at least. So Goldberg is billed as being 154 and zero, mm-hmm. which we talked about on while we were watching. Is likely not the real number. I can't find any. I can't find anything on what the real number. Really? Was. Okay. The important thing is that he actually did not lose. We will see them try to recreate this streak with somebody else later on. One who is not new to wrestling. Two who will like lose by DQ and they won't count it. Oh. Without giving away who it is and all that, but yeah, Goldberg actually did not lose and there's actually a story of him wanting to put like very early on wanting to put somebody over in like a dark match like in their hometown and they're like no you win (laughs) so So, is it is it like dark matches that he's winning or is it like battle royals where he's beating like 30 guys at a time i think he won world war three i i I don't think i think they would only count that as one match but like okay I didn't know, like, if that's how they were building up the numbers. No, I mean, this I mean this streak has been going for a while. Okay. For, like, over, like, like, over a year. Undertaker who? Well, that's a little bit different. Undertaker <laughs> did lose matches, but not at WrestleMania. Not at WrestleMania. I know, I'm joking. So, I mean, I'm assuming it, would, it was extended through, like, house shows and maybe, like, end-of-the-night dark matches. Because he is the world champion, so he did win a good amount well, of matches. yeah, yeah. But I would imagine the way they, I mean... One, he probably did win all the dark ma- all the dark match and house show matches he had, but I don't, you know, it's difficult at this point, considering it was ninety eight and the internet was what it was. Yeah, you kind of can't find a hard number. So the match itself, I didn't have a lot of notes for, but Neither I really I. enjoyed. The main story is Goldberg overpowering DDP and DDP kind of not giving up. Yeah, he just kind of came off as scrappy. Exactly. And I think that's a good way to describe the character. Like, it, they kind of embrace that DDP is not a young guy. Like, DDP didn't start wrestling until, like, his 30s. Which is so cool. Yeah. And it's just like... I appreciate that. Yeah. And just kind of, like, new guys who were wrestlers, like, from the gym. And they're like, mm-hmm. you should start doing this. And became a natural and, like, was great. And yeah. then, like, worked his way up. So, yeah, Goldberg is working DDP over through rest of the match, including a uh, spinning neck breaker and a little suplex toss, which... Mm-hmm. Does run into the issue of if you're Goldberg, you kind of can't do suplexes because your finisher is the set. The set of your finisher is a suplex, right? So, like, certain people have his... have issues with that, where it's like you can't do this type of thing because your finisher does, and it makes you think. Undertaker has that all the time because the Tombstone he kind of picks you up on the shoulder mm-hmm. first, but he also has a move called Snake Eyes where he'll go over to the corner and drop you face first. That's not a. It's not the tombstone. It's not the tombstone. But it, it looks it's almost close, identical though. when, you, yeah, when yeah, you're yeah. starting the move. So DDP, so DDP manages to turn things around by dodging the shoulder into the corner, and Goldberg goes shoulder first into the ring post. Yeah, which just looked sore. Yeah. He then manages to hit a uh, counter into a jumping DDT, 
but then gets blasted by a spear. And that just, that looked so rough to oh take. Oh my oh. god, yeah. Goldberg's spears are thicker beauty, but we're like, ooh! Yeah. The wind got knocked out of us. So Goldberg then goes to bring DDP up. And this may be the most famous diamond cutter ever, because he brings him up, DDP lands it, counters it, and turns it into the diamond cutter. Yes. And it is beautiful. That was good. That looked so nice. It is beautiful. But he takes too long to try to pin him, and Goldberg kicks out. Which was a rarity. People did not kick out of the diamond cutter. No. No, but I think they gave it enough time to where... Well, yeah, he kind of, like, let it sit, you know? Usually, if you wait that long to pin somebody, they kick out. There's, like, one example of that not happening, and it's Triple H and Booker T. Right. (laughs) But besides that, usually, it's like, if you wait that long, they're kicking out. Yeah. Or, like, time's going to expire in an Iron Man match. (laughs) Or if, you know, one of the commentators is like oh we have a new champion oh he's got the win no yeah. he doesn't emily has started to notice commentary giving away finishes yes unfortunately so very surely that thereafter ddp goes for a suplex and then goldberg counters it hits the jackhammer and pins he celebrates they have a nice little show of respect holding up the mm-hmm. arm yeah i was very happy to not get a heel turn from either of them this was just a clean match it was face versus face yeah. It was just straight clean. No and, low And blow. it ended nice, too. Yeah. yeah no, no, no low blow. Shocking. No reason for a DQ. Like, yeah. no belts, no chairs, no de- no low blows. I thought this was a great match. Some it people, was. Some people call this Goldberg's best match. Um, I don't know if I go that far. Yeah. I think most people would say this also, it's before his WWE comeback. So, we talked a little about DDP, and I think now that he's retained the title, overall thoughts on Goldberg? I know you know him more from his current day run than his previous run. He looks very similar. You said he was a little bit of a hunk here. He was a little bit of a hunk here. I mean, I'm not saying that he's not a hunk. He is. He is a hunk. I mean, I like him. I like that he knows what he is, and he's going to keep with it. Yeah, which is why his 2003 run doesn't work, is because they try to make him be... They, they, they try to make him do, like, 20-minute matches against Triple H, and it's like, no. No, no, no. he's a quick boy. No, five, And I appreciate that. Yeah, five minutes in and out. I appreciate that. Well, I guess that's Halloween Havoc 1998. We made it through. Sure. I know. That's, that's it. Uh, match of the night, MVP. Oh, we're stealing that, by the way. But from? From every wrestling podcast ever. <laughs> we listen to wrestling podcasts. Match of the night, I'm given to... Um, Jericho Raven. Okay. It surprised me so much, and it was a lot of fun. It was a really strong opener. That's my match of the night. MVP? I guess I'd have to give it to Raven. I mean, I was more disappointed by people than impressed, so Raven actually, like, changed my mind on a wrestler, so I guess I'd give it to Raven. Uh, I don't know. I would, uh, my match of the night is the main event, Goldberg DDP. It's, it's great. It's fairly quick, too, so yeah. it's, like, it's not a 20-minute... Like, oh, it's dragging this out. It's very, it's very fast-paced, very kind of to the point. So, very easy watch on that. Mm-hmm. And I give, I give my MVP to Rick Steiner. Why? I thought, I, I think everything wrong with that segment was Buff Bagwell. I thought Rick, Rick Steiner was a solid baby face, way more than I thought he would be. I guess, I guess, yeah. And had the crowd behind him, like, one point, when he's making his comeback on Big Show, I did it again, <laughs> <laughs> on the Giant and Scott Steiner, like, the crowd's with him, and I yeah. did not think I was going to like Rick Steiner as much as I did tonight. Okay. 
So that was Halloween Havoc, 1998. And that was our first podcast episode. How you feeling? Tired. Yeah, same. (laughs) That was a long boy. We'll see what it cuts down to, but we are currently at three hours and 26 minutes of recording time. Woohoo! Our next episode is going to be the build to World War III, 1998. We'll see with these how much of them end up being one part or two parts or three parts. It's really going to be based on how much we have to say about what happens on the uh, Nitros and Thunders. And we're going to skip all of the Saturday night ones because mm-hmm. we're going to pay as much attention to them as, you know, the company does. And then we'll hit World War Three, and then we'll do there. the same going into Starcade, aka the WrestleMania. Yes. You excited for World War Three? I don't know. We've, I think we've watched one of them before. It's that sixty-man three-ring. Oh. Oh yeah. See, that's the appropriate response. Oh. It's the final World War Three. There was more than one. I know. You How can there be more than one World War Three? If you liked this podcast, you can follow us on Twitter. Yes, we've already set up a Twitter. <laughs> We're proactive. At Butts in the Pod. And we haven't quite set up anything else yet, so I guess follow us there. Uh, this has been the Butts in the Seeds podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Emily. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you next time on the way to World War III. Woo!